This episode of Bonfireside Chat is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Join the senpais at patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. If you want to support your boys and uh, and you want us to continue to make cool stuff, keeps the lights on, pays for all of our costs, allows us to draw a modest salary uh, that we're able to use to pay rent and eat food and do as many shows as we do and keep the quality up and do all of those things. Uh, we're only able to do that with your support. Really do appreciate it. Thank you. Some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence. I forgot to mention my name. It's Uncle Death. <laughs> I have a feeling we're gonna get along just My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And I'm Brad Galloway. And you're listening to Bonfireside Chat. It is a, a senpai favorite. It's uncle favorite. <laughs> uncle uncle favorite. favorite's back. Uncle Man. favorite is my favorite off-brand cola. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Dr. Uncle. Yep. <laughs> Dr. Uncle favorite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this week we are talking about uh, Let It Die, a notable Souls-like from the past uh, from the past year or so. And as you heard, we are joined by Brad Galloway. Hi, Brad. Thank you for joining us. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Um, so tell the tell the nice people what you do. Well, um, I have a regular day job that's probably too boring to talk about here, but in my no, off no, hours... No, go, go into it. <laughs> no, 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 it's just, too boring, too boring. No, but what's the address? I, I, <laughs> it's inappropriate for your listener base. I don't think they would like it very much. We're going we're gonna to skip over that. Um, but in my, in my true life, in my nighttime hours, I'm actually the editor of GameCritics.com, been there for 17 years and still going strong, so that's what I do. 17 years, that's amazing. A long time. Yeah. I am from the the uh, Pleistocene era of the internet. <laughs> yeah, that is that is really impressive. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, thanks. Yeah. Um, and you are uh, so we met you uh for, in person actually at the uh, the Portland Retro Gaming Expo. Um, yeah. Cause yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, um, I like uh, two years ago. And, yeah, two uh, years ago and last year. I love that show, man. It's so great, and I was so surprised to see you guys there the first time. I got to say though, um, the very first show that I went to, you guys were there, but I didn't listen to your show at the time. And I clearly mm-hmm. remember walking by going, bonfire side, what the fuck? Welcome to or Watch Out for Fireballs. And I was like, what the fuck is that? That's oh. lame. And then I, yes. <laughs> I kept going walking. <laughs> yeah. And then I heard a friend afterwards talking about it. And I'm like, oh, oh, maybe it wasn't lame. I'll give it a listen. And I've been listening to you guys ever since. So like for the past couple of years, you guys are a, a regular listener. I love you guys very much. It's an honor to be on the show. Oh, oh thank, thank you. you. That, that's valuable feedback we can use to go in a time machine and change the name of our show <laughs> uh, six years ago. <laughs> like, where were you six years ago, Brad? You could have stopped uh, this. <laughs> you had the power. Um, yeah. And so, you know, Brad, uh, as a reviewer, and the reason why um, I asked Brad to come on this show is because me and Brad are Twitter friends. And uh, I know he's a huge fan of Let It Die. And I knew if anybody, you know, would have gotten to kind of the late games and kind of really dug into the secrets of this game, uh, it would be you. Yeah, I, I actually love this uh, game very much. It's one of my uh, most favoritest games of the last couple of years. I'm really thrilled to be talking about it. And uh, 
You know, interestingly, uh, you guys probably didn't know this. My wife is a gamer also, and she actually just finished the game herself a couple of days ago. So it's kind of like a family institution, believe it or not. Oh, nice. Hmm. Yeah, it's the uh, the family that lets it die together. Uh, lets it, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what the rhyme would be. Uh, yeah, something family togetherness, unity hugs, something like that. <laughs> yeah. um, we we met your wife as well at the uh, at the show. Uh, yeah, she's yep. gamer for sure. She, we bring our kid yeah. too. We go down. We love the Portland Retro Gamer Expo. So good. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, it should be a good time this year as well. It's the, always um, a good time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's it's really cool. If anybody, again, just it's a little bit early to start hyping for that, but if anybody's in the Pacific Northwest, like it's a really, really good show. Yeah. Uh, it'll be in October and we'll be there. Um, I probably yeah, will so be this, too. <laughs> yeah, and Brad will be there as well. Uh, find us all. Find all three of us. Collect, uh, fill, fill out your charm <laughs> bracelet. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so it's a little disclaimer, um, you know, off-season disclaimer. One of the reasons why we wanted to bring in Brad, other than the fact that we knew that he knew more about this game than us, is that uh, neither Cole or I beat this game. Um, so I played, you know, I played it a bunch. I got to the point where I was like, I feel like I get this. Um, I think it is not for me. I think it's interesting and it's not like something where I'm like, you know, I'm going to take huge shit on it in front of Brad and, and, and be mean or anything or yeah. to anybody who really digs it. I just say, you know, it's not for me. I want to hear about why it's good. Um, you know, but just so you know, so that's why we brought in somebody who did know. Brad, Brad is uh, Brad is our ringer, um, and there's going to be a similar situation for Neo. So this episode is going to be, you know, this is an impossible game to give our normal treatment to anyway, um, just because of the way that it's structured. We're going to talk about that. Uh, this is going to be more of like a survey course talking about, you know, how does this game fit together? What's cool about it? And, you know, hitting these uh, kind of secrets and need to knows. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we'll talk a little bit about the kind of like later stuff, like plot stuff, and we'll tell you when we're going to get into that. So if you don't want to to know what it is um neo will be very similar like cole and i will have played a degree of neo mm -hmm. uh but probably not got to the end game and even if we got to the end game um you know we haven't played the dlc we're not really engaging in the the pvp they added we yeah. probably are not doing all of the the different twilight missions and things like that so we wanted to bring in somebody who knows more about that stuff yes yeah um yeah so the uh yeah so if that's uh just letting you know up front yes. so if that is a deal breaker Let's break that deal now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, this game came out in December of 2016. So it's so it's pretty recent here. Um, and it's by Grasshopper Manufacturer. And it has uh, Suda51's fingerprints all over it, uh, even though he was mostly in an executive producer kind of role. It was actually directed by uh, Hideyuki Shin. Mm. Yeah. He is a great it, guy. You know, I actually met him recently. Uh, oh, yeah. Very nice guy. He, I love his shoes. He's got the best shoes. They're like shiny metal shoes. They're like really fly. He's like a real <laughs> styly dude. Yeah. <laughs> are, are, you, are you talking about Suda51 or uh, Hideyuki? No, Hideyuki. Hideyuki, Hideyuki okay. yeah. He came to promote the game. It's, it's you know, it's interesting. I, I do think it's a really interesting point that we should really uh, promote because a lot of people are under the impression that this is like a traditional Suda51 joint. And when the game came out and people were liking it, I saw a lot of people giving props to Suda, but I got to be honest with you guys, I'm not a Suda51 fan at all. I don't, I don't like his work. Mm -hmm. uh, so I kind of stayed away from this game at the beginning until I went to go see it, uh, and Hideyuki was there, and he walked me through it, and then I'm like, oh, okay, well, maybe <laughs> Suda's bankrolling this, but it's not his joint. So I, that really is kind of the hook to what got me in the first place. So for other people out there who are not uh, Suda51 fans like myself, uh, that, that, you know, it's worth knowing. Yeah, and I think that it's interesting because it could cut both ways. Right. Like somebody could be like, um, you know, they very specifically are a huge Suda 51 fan and get to this. And this does have a lot of his kind of fingerprints on it, a lot of his kind of style, uh, which, which we'll talk about at length. Um, but it doesn't uh, the mechanics of it are not the kind of thing it feels like he's that interested in. Right. To me. Um, so it can go either yeah. way. 
Yeah, it has actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, it, you know, it, it has mechanics, or at least like a kind of like a, a fiddliness to the mechanics. Like, pseudo games like have a mechanic to them, but they right. usually are kind of like archaic in one way or another. Yeah, the, I feel like the, the, they're nowhere near as systems heavy as this one is. Like, pseudo will use a particular mechanic to make a to make a pretty, uh, let's say, pungent point about something, yeah. um, <laughs> and usually uh, kind of use that as a platform for whatever aesthetic he wants to drive forward. Whereas this is systems on systems on systems on systems. Yeah, totally, and, totally. And still has a real aesthetic strength to it. But I, that is a good point, though. That it's not a. Uh... It's not what you necessarily would typically think of as a Suda 51. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at uh, Hideyuki Shin's uh, kind of CV here. He primarily has done a lot of work with, uh, with Konami um, on the Pro Evolution Zocker series. However, he did do character motion for Silent Hill 4, and he did CG for Chulip, that delightful game about oh, kissing Chulip. people. Kissing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but this is, uh, this is his first game as a director, which is, which oh, is kind of impressive. That's fascinating. Yeah. That, that kind of tells a story of somebody. I mean, I don't know if this is actually the case, but it sounds like somebody who was like very repressed and then got yeah. to just go bonkers <laughs> because like, you know, and that, and what, you know, spoiler, like that's my favorite thing about this game is like the theming and, and, and stuff, mm-hmm. um, which I think is like, you know, chef's fingers, like sublime, like the, the actual dialogue and kind of the way that this thing presents itself is, is a hundred percent to my mind. I really like it. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, just having going from soccer, <laughs> you know, which like that's just not going to happen that often in pro evolution soccer. Maybe soccer's changed a lot since I played it in like third grade. And now there's a lot of bonkers shits and guys with people, different limbs and things like that, you know, yeah. but standard soccer seems much more tame. Yeah. Um, so this, uh, this was published by gung ho, which is a Japanese game company that primarily hosts and supports MMOs, uh, chiefly Ragnarok online. Like we're still around, which you may remember from high school. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it, 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 it attempted, um, <laughs> And this is actually the kind of final evolution of something. Um, this usually originally was called something called uh, Lily Bergamo um, and was a real different look, yeah. um, which I've, I've seen some screenshots of that. It was much more anime yeah. uh, style. Yes. Uh, thank you for adding that qualifier, because if we just said it was much more anime, we would people would talk Roxas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brad, did you uh, did, like uh, when did you become aware of this? Like, were you were you hip to it when it was Lily Bergamo or? Uh... No, I had heard whispers of it when it was still called Lily, but I didn't. Nothing about it really uh, triggered my fancy because I knew like Suda was involved, so I was like, eh, not for me. Mm. Uh, but then I caught a really, really uh, short trailer from early in development, and something about it did kind of catch my eye. It was just like maybe thirty seconds of like a really gritty uh, hallway, and I mean nothing really by itself kind of stood out, but just something about like the way it came together, like the angle of the camera, the darkness of the background, like the brutality of the 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 attack that was going on. I'm like, mm-hmm. that, that in itself wasn't enough. But when I heard that it was kind of like a tower and kind of like a roguelike, that mm-hmm. kind of perked me up a little bit. Yeah. And then even more so when I found out that Suda wasn't in it. And I have to say, I just got to <laughs> say up front, um, you guys gave a disclaimer. I have to also give a disclaimer. Um, I'm well documented as having two specific weaknesses when it comes to video games. My first one is grappling hooks. Anything with a grappling hook. <laughs> Kindred spirits. I love, yeah. Oh, man, I love a grappling hook. Uh, sadly, not in this game. But the other thing is towers. Any game that has a tower, I don't know what it is. I go mental and I got to I got to climb that tower. So this game is all about a tower, therefore my favorite game ever. It's a real like visual, it's a real distinct uh kind of concrete metaphor for progress. Yeah. Oh, you know, like you're literally yeah. just getting higher on this thing like um and a lot of great games have involved towers. Yeah. Yeah, um... you know Towers of Hanoi. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, which is in every game ever. Um, yeah. yeah, you can't say that and then not give your favorite example of a tower in a video game. I, I gotta tell you. What's, yeah, what, uh, what's your what's your all time favorite tower, Brad? Yeah, 
Uh, my all-time uh, least favorite tower is probably Deadly Towers on the NES. I hated that game with a passion. That's a bad tower. <laughs> that is a really bad tower. Uh, there are terrible a... towers. <laughs> disgusting towers. I don't know. Did you guys ever have uh, PSPs? Did you ever play a lot of PSP? Yeah, yeah. I, I recently just bought a PSP. I bought a beautiful purple Hannah Montana branded PSP <laughs> so I can play Metal Gear Acid, and it's one of the. It's like my favorite console right now. Like, <laughs> oh man. Now, the PSP yeah. is dope. It never got the credit it deserved. But there was a tower game on that. And honestly, I can't even tell you what it was called. But it, it actually had a lot in common with Let It Die, like kind of mm. dystopian um, themes. Uh, you played as like an android that like, stole body parts from other androids. So again, like kind of like the same idea of stealing weapons from your enemies, just like in Let It Die. Mm-hmm. And that was also a tower. And I'm kicking myself because I can't remember what it's called. But that one was probably one of my favorite like tower-based games. And mm. I'm going to look it up while we're not talking because that's yeah, kind of bugged yeah. <laughs> you, you got yourself a favorite tower, Cole? Um, I, so I'm just going to say that uh, Kefka's tower. Why not? I was going to say that too. Yeah. You, you took my answer. I was hoping to, that you didn't, so well, I could just take it. <laughs> no, no it could be, we can have it. We can share. A favorite yeah, we, tower. we, we, we like can that. share this. Uh, like this is the, the tower in this also shares a lot of similarities with Kefka's tower mm-hmm. actually, because it is the assembled pieces of the ruined world. Yeah. Yeah. And it's split up in groups of 10, <laughs> uh, which I think in Kefka's tower is just that with the enemies. Yeah. Where it's like the level 10, level 20, level 40 or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, found it. Ren Goku. That's my Ren Goku. Okay. Ren Goku. Oh, wow. That's not a, not really... a great game, but man, it, it just hooked me. Something about it. Some really interesting box art on that thing. Huh. Um, <laughs> so this game has been in development for quite a while, actually. Like um, it was, you know, under the name Lily Bergamo um, as early as 2013. They changed it to the current form in uh, 2014. And obviously it came out. So like that is that is a long time for a game like this uh, to be in the oven. And this game is also notable. You may uh, recognize it from its weird distribution model. This is a free to play Souls game or Souls like um, this is the first free to play game we've covered on network, I think. Yeah, I mean, aside from like talking about stuff like offhandedly on the level, this is the first free to play thing we've done anything in depth on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, and it's it's notable for like not being an evil free to play game. I mean, like it's 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 pretty like I mean it's I find it pretty you know the the time that I had with it where I had a reasonable amount of fun I didn't get super deep into it. Um, I didn't feel like the mechanics were that uh, 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 like punishing like pay to win. Um, and part of the reason being is that there is this kind of mechanic that I'm not crazy about, but it kind of combats that where you need to start new dudes to increase your level cap. Right. Kind of thing. So like, uh, you know, you can pay to continue your character or you can do that. Right. And you need to do that eventually anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, how do uh, you put money into this, Brad? And I no judgment if you have. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, I, I will say up front that I played this game and I did finish it. So I finished it all the way. I started it in December when it launched and I finished it at about February. So that was about two months of play. I mean, not hardcore play. I would play for just like a couple hours a day. So. I'm sure that if you, uh, you know, were more fierce about it, you get through a lot faster than that. But um, altogether, I, I guess I, I look at it two different ways. Like in one way, I put some money in because I like the game so much. I just wanted to uh, support the developers. And since they gave it to us free uh, and I really did I feel like the uh, mechanics were very fair. I feel like they gave you a lot of game uh, without really like having a lot of gotcha moments where you got to put in some bucks. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. probably dropped maybe, oh, I want to say maybe probably 30 or 40 bucks in just like... Um, stuff like some of the blueprints you can buy that you don't need and some of the extra um death metals to expand storage which i'm sure we're going to talk about later none of that was necessary but i just wanted to do it because i felt like they gave us uh, a lot of game but if you want to talk about how much money it took me to get through the game uh i'd probably say from start to finish and until credits rolled i probably put in less than 20 bucks worth of like retries and continues 
So considering how long I played it for and how much game there is, I felt like that was really good um, value for money. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, that's the thing about free-to-play where it's like, depending on where it impacts the design, it can be evil or not. You know, it can, it can be uh, if, if there's like an end point to it, if you can put in a certain amount of money and have it be reasonable, uh, you know, and, and then that's good. You yeah. know, and I feel like then it's not manipulative and shitty. No. The reason oh, I kind yeah. of hesitated when you brought up like, hey, it's not evil. I don't think it's evil either. I think like so I, you know, here's here's my disclaimer. I put in 20 bucks. I got the uh, the the like express pass or whatever it was and i got the psn pack of like just a shitload of death metals just so mm-hmm. i could engage in these systems and make the make the progress of the tower a little bit smoother like that is a reasonable amount of money to put into a game uh that is otherwise free there's no such thing as a free game you know however when mm-hmm. doing research on this you know anytime money changes hands especially if the word free is in the name of the model people are going to raise a fuss and so like that was one of the primary narratives about the game. And if you look on YouTube, you're going to see a, a whole bunch of, uh, um, I hate this phrase, but hot takes about how greedy this is. Mm. <laughs> well, uh, you know what? Yeah. Found a greedy, greedy fucks at greedyfuck.com or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, uh, can't believe they're so well, greedy. Uh, to speak up for the game a little bit, yeah. I mean, I feel like they give you a, a full experience and they give you a lot of game for nothing up front. And I, mm-hmm. I have seen a lot of those hot takes and, a lot of them are just really, really wrong-headed. Like, I'll see somebody who has not really engaged in the game system. Like, they'll they'll create a character from scratch, and they have basically, like, no equipment, nothing's upgraded, they don't really know the game that well. They'll, you know, go up a couple floors and make it to the first mini-boss and get stomped, which is normal because, you know, you got to level up a little bit, get a better weapon, just like you would with any game. Mm-hmm. They get stomped, and then when the uh, game asks you if you want to continue, that's when they get all hot under the collar about, oh, the game wants me to put in money, and oh, what a ripoff. And <laughs> it's like, it's, you know, if you had played the game like it was meant to be played, you wouldn't have to put any money in. It's, it's pretty simple. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. the, the usual disclaimer here, like, 20 bucks means a, di- a different thing to different people. Like, I under, I, I understand that. I, I, I agree with this entirely. It's just it's just really weird how that dynamic kind of dominated. That's not weird. It's entirely expected, but a little bit disappointing how that dynamic um, just kind of dominated the entire discussion about this game. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, gamers. You know, like, it, like it's a thing. Like, there are certain things that just become... And, and to be fair, like, a lot of games... Like, a free-to-play model does have a comorbidity with, like... Shit. Shitty design. Yeah. You know, and I think that's what we're talking about, is the intersection between a pay model um, and where it, you know, actually uh, intersects how the, the quality of the game is. And I think that, like, you know, again, it's, you know, it's probably not perfectly done. You know, like, I, I usually will prefer a non you know, free to play model in how it intersects design, but this could be a thousand times worse. And I think to Brad's point, they do give you a lot of game for free. Like I didn't put any money into it and played it long enough to where I was like, got it. And, you know, it turns out it was not kind of generally not for me in any way, but I got, you know, the, my fun I was going to have with it and had a full experience enough. Like, you know, if, if I, if I, if I felt sore about it, I could think of it as a demo, Yeah, you know, and it would be great. Like I was like, Oh, and if I want to, I can buy the full game for 40 bucks, you know, you know, and, and, feel good about it yeah. you know but i got a very robust demo that that showed off you know i felt like a broad swath of what it does yeah for sure um yeah. and the uh so the we talked about that system density um which we're gonna get that's gonna be the bulk of this episode is talking about those systems um to see you know how they work together and how they don't and, and how people you know what people might think about that but this game really kind of gets you in with how stylish it is um and that's like i said uh that's you know, my, my A plus mark on this game is just how kind of cool and, and, and funny and good it is, 
in what it does and how like a lot of the ideas in it are really kind of compelling without necessarily being like there's not tons of deep lore like I looked up and there are some like there's some backstory on things and there's an ending to the game that actually kind of tells you these answers but you don't really need it these kind of like just outsized characters that uh the grasshopper does you know that associated with grasshopper games uh, are in full effect here and are, are really charming and kind of compelling Oh, absolutely. I think the the aesthetics and uh, the writing and just the whole attitude of everything is just that hooked me as well. I mean, once <laughs> I got into it, just the wink, wink, nudge, nudge and just the kind of sarcasm and, the you know, just everything about it. Like it doesn't take itself too seriously. And at the same time, it's like really grim and gross, yeah. but there's enough levity to it. So it never gets oppressive. And just the whole thing kind of being couched as a video game that you're playing was kind of interesting, too. But I just love the idea of going into this tower and you see all these bodies around <laughs> and like the way that you get into the hub and how you access your new characters and everybody you meet. It's kind of weird and bizarre. Just everything about it, the tone, totally is is right on point for me as well. Yeah, yeah. It's it's somewhere between like uh, like, like like punk rock, uh, Fangoria, and heavy metal. You know, <laughs> like it a like like a little bit. It's uh super. I, I don't know, like campy as well. Yeah, neon yeah. campy Mad Max. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, with like a like an eighties arcade kind of kind of feel to it. Like it's a uh, it's it's kind of pitch perfect in that regard. Um, you know, and like, here comes the caveat, like here's the other shoe dropping. I wish more of that made its way into the game itself. Oh, I do too. Yeah. Like the, the, the fact that the actual, I feel like the gameplay is all about that loop, mm-hmm. which is not a free to play thing necessarily. Like that is a, a, it's an MMO ass thing. Mm-hmm. Like the kind of that equipment loop, those kind of things that climbing that tower feeling that's either going to work for you or it's not going to. But what that means is that there's not, uh, a whole lot of kind of narrative content in the, like the level parts of the game, I feel like. So you get these little splashes of this like very intense, you know, kind of style and and this charm um, in the periphery. And then when the bulk of the level is the core systems, which like that's true of a lot of games, Mm -hmm. but usually there's a little bit more of a blending there, I feel like Um, here it was like I was waiting to run into the next boss um, or, or have the next feature introduced. So I would get kind of more, you know, dialogue or another like Uncle Death cutscene or something. Yeah. Like I wanted that more of that flavor. Um, and, but if, if I was, if I was 100% on board with the, the loops and stuff, that wouldn't be a thing. Yeah. You know, just the candies in the connective tissue. Yeah. For me, but the candy could be anywhere for you. Yeah. Yeah. Look look for candy kids. Anything can be candy if you try. (laughs) Anything's edible if you eat it. Uh, (laughs) Technically, uh, Um, I, so like along with this, I think this game has a, like an amazing first half hour actually, um, Mm. just in terms of giving you that style of showing you these bizarre images of, you know, kind of giving you a little bit of that backstory as well and introducing these characters, like the opening and the tutorial, like I put these up here up front at the notes because like they do actually like introduce a lot of these elements for you, um, in a, in a really compelling kind of way. Yeah, tell us a little bit about the plot, Cole. Yeah, um, so we're told in this pixel-slash-glitch uh, intro cinematic that uh, something called the Earth Rage split the world in, into four continents, and at the center is this uh, kind of Tower of Babel kind of thing, uh, the Tower of Barbs. Um, and uh, it is said that this is where you can get closest uh, to God. Um, and we're actually... Uh, introduced to how things get to this tower uh, on this subway that is just full of these dead and preserved bodies. 
Um, yeah, weapon X's. <laughs> yeah, like they all look like Wolverine attached to the weapon X program. <laughs> like lots of tubes. Yeah, and lots of ports. Um, when your when yeah. your character's naked, uh, they are just lousy with ports. Man, that that's something like in a movie. Whenever I see somebody like insert something into a port, uh, or like you know playing lots of Shadowrun and just imagining someone just taking a quarter inch cable and like sticking this coaxial into their brain yeah like always fucking grosses me out well it's a it's a thing my my my, my mom was a breast cancer survivor and uh uh that was where i learned about chemo ports which is uh an upsetting yeah. thing like it saves a lot of lives it is a good idea but also ugh. i i just i feel like the the ports that i came with are my ports that i like i like <laughs> not that yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna turn down free ports if it comes down to it but like, <laughs> like... <laughs> we're, not getting, we're not gonna be getting free ports for a while um but yeah. uh but yeah I, I like to roll stock on my ports yeah yeah I, i'm a real basic i'm a real basic bitch when it comes to ports yeah, yeah i'm a port, just, I'm a port normie um yeah port, port normie <laughs> i guess it depends on what the port would bring you though if it was a significant upgrade i mean i might have to think about it i mean you know if it was uh something maybe maybe not quite the dark gift but if somebody said hey there's a port to make you like <laughs> you know a lot stronger smarter i don't know i mean i yeah. yeah i don't like the idea of a metal hole somewhere randomly in my body right. not a, not a fan of that a but at the same time yeah if it gave me like thicker hair or a better better pecs i might go for it yeah, yeah like a, like strength port yeah <laughs> you know, or something like that like or like i would like a like a wing port. i guess my mouth you're talking about port. becoming bane yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh i guess yeah, we did use that idea already huh yeah i mean bane you know bane does okay <laughs> he himself. Does okay himself. He's, bane does all right <laughs> <laughs> i could think of worse fates than being bane um <laughs> You could be the uh, the the, peng- the Danny DeVito penguin. Rough. Mostly just because you have to wear like dirty like one piece pajamas for your entire life. Yeah, and, and you also have like flipper hands, which is which that's, is odd. yeah, that's not yeah. good. And he just yeah. eats raw fish all the time. Like, yeah. Danny DeVito penguin is disgusting. <laughs> like it's great. Um, I can't believe they like uh, made that character like redeem that character into like kind of like just a British guy for the <laughs> Arkham games. It's like that. Yeah, you know, the movie version is this like literal monster. Yeah. And then well, what no, does he's just a British, British people. Jeez. Yeah, geez, geez, I, geez, rock steady. Um, <laughs> yeah. Do you kind of you select your, your fighter here um, as you're getting off on the station uh, here, and this is where we're introduced to the mascot of this game, Uncle Death, who shows up in the loading screens and, and like and the stuff, which is a Grim Reaper with uh, X-ray goggles, like comic book ad X-ray goggles, uh, who skateboards. <laughs> and uh, oh, and he, also his scythe can turn into a golf club. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, he talks like Cheech Marin. Yeah. Uh, so so here's the thing. Like when you look in the supporting stuff and when you watch the when you watch the final the final cutscene, apparently he's Finnish. Um, and I'm sorry, hmm. Finland. I have no preconceived notions about about you or the way you sound. Um, and it was very bizarre to, to to understand that he that this is a Finnish accent or a, 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 a Mexican accent by way of Finland's. Um, okay. It just seem it's just kind of bizarre actually <laughs> is that not the accent that tim curry had <laughs> yeah, um, yeah i it would be very hard for tim curry to do this i feel like tim curry has like tim curry and gabriel knight and that's it no points in between <laughs> um but it, it's uh it's, it's he's a really really you know charming character and the writing like it's it's hard like if i was just reading this on the page i don't think it would be good writing because there's all these like these ticks that come through, like he says, man, at the end of two sentences in a row, a lot, mm-hmm. uh, which thing you don't really do. Like that doesn't happen in dialogue and it, it feels really weird, but it kind of lends itself to that deadly premonition, like weirdness mm-hmm. to it. You know, that I think re- really works. Yeah. Um, he's incredibly, uh, he's incredibly helpful 
um, to the point of being obsequious. Like he, mm-hmm. you know, in his in his strange accent, he calls you a senpai all the time, mm-hmm. um, and like he he wants you to get up this tower. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I like this character a whole lot. I would buy a little action figure of this guy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally, totally. Action figure, plushie, anything, uh, t-shirt, yeah. anything would be great. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think it, the thing that really endeared me to him is when he shows up and then he skateboards away in the very opening cutscene, and he like totally biffs like the trick that he tries to do, like falls on his <laughs> yeah, face. Like yeah. I was like, okay, I get this guy. This guy is my people. This works. <laughs> yep. And that's how you get the logo of the thing. And he's self-aware. He's like, now it's time to show the logo. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and he, and he, and he, the skateboard, it's on the bottom of the skateboard because this is a weird game within a game mm-hmm. like he is telling you like you are playing this game inside an arcade so that's why he can talk about this meta stuff like there is this weird meta layer to this yeah like he like he walks you through kind of within one of these first areas of the tower until you die and that is your tutorial you know you you know you save a, a mushroom a mushroom woman who's trapped under some uh, debris then you're killed by a dude with a sniper rifle and then you're kind of pulled out one layer and you're inside something called the hater arcade uh, mm. playing playing on something called the death drive it's a video game system that is powered by bugs yeah <laughs> like a like a little dung beetle pushing uh pushing a little globe around that yeah. is on the other loading screen or that you know the 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 game is processing now yeah icon you know the loading screens are little uh uncle death skateboarding yeah and presenting yeah. these just saying them out loud in a big list like this actually makes it sound more low random than it yeah, actually is. I just, I realized that too. I'm like, people yeah. who don't know what this is are just like, I'm never going to play this shit. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> based on us talking about I, it, but like, you just have to trust us that like it, yeah. it, it works. <laughs> In, it works guys. Yeah. It, works. It, it did like none of it feels out of place because none of it actually feels like it is, it, it is in its place. Right. There's no place. Right. <laughs> yeah. There's no place for it to be out of. Yeah. but the game that you are playing let it die is also a game inside this game called let it die yeah yeah so i think we already talked about the free-to-play thing we don't have to hit too much of this there's that premium pass whose like primary perk is to uh is to get you some inventory space and also gets you free elevator rides but mostly that is for the strange online mechanic that we're going to talk about later um, if you are a PS Plus member, like that $5 pack for just a shitload of death metals is actually kind of worth it. If you don't want to, you know, say, go back and try things over and over again um, on some of the particularly tough bosses. Um, but otherwise, you're just going to be buying those things piecemeal um, or in these packs in a kind of confusing way. Is there Are there any more details that we want to cover about the free to play thing before we actually get into the mechanics? And one thing I want to say real quick is that it does intersect with the theme in kind of a clever way. Because if you're playing an arcade game mm-hmm. and then you die and it's asking you to put in 50 cents yep. to continue going, like that's kind of clever yeah, um, and works. And it should be noted, like there are other things to do with the death metals other than uh, revive. Yeah. Like that's a, and I've read before, like kind of read strats and stuff. And that's actually like, you know, not a real good use of your death metals in general. Mm-hmm. Like the other things are better because of that, you know, mechanic I said, to, you know, I was talking about earlier where you to increase your level cap. You have to kind of let people, you have to let it die. Yeah. Um, um, and, and like buying them isn't the only way to get these. Like you get um, daily login bonuses as well, just for showing yes. out. Yeah. I think that, I think Brad, I think you're the person who told me this when I first started this and I was like, I'm going to put this down until we cover it for the show. Um, or I was like, th- I was like, oh, I'm thinking about doing let it die for the show. I think that it might've been you who said to start an account now because you'll get daily bonuses and stuff. And they do events. And my yeah. little inventory, my like box of free stuff is full <laughs> of, of stuff. I have more oh, money. Yeah, they kick good stuff your way all the time, all the time. And, you know, it's funny you guys said that it, it breaks down about 50 cents and like that arcade connection. Because I thought of that same thing, too. And I thought that was really cool 
but it kind of became like this like uh this kind of exclamation that in our house like whenever either one of us would die i'd be like fuck there goes 50 cents <laughs> yeah, like, you know like my wife would know exactly what happened or vice versa so I, that kind of became our rallying cry for this game <laughs> like, like the swear jar yeah. <laughs> you know it's like a reverse swear jar like the swearing was a side effect of the regular like the 50 cents <laughs> jar yeah yeah, yeah totally uh, something cool that I noticed, if you check your in-game messages, um, I, I also started my account a little while ago, and I was going back and looking through, they actually um, give these apology packs if there are service interruptions, which is fucking great. Like, if mm. there's, you know, if there was maintenance or if there was something that was, like, messed up in the game for a little bit, like, they will give death medals or kill coins or some of these, some of this currency or items or stuff as just kind of like a, hey, our bad, you couldn't log in and play when you wanted to, so here you go. Uh, bad is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's that's really important and good. Yeah. Yeah, they do a lot to really keep like the goodwill going and the, they don't really seem like out to screw the average player. I mean, it seems like they're more interested in getting uh, people just to play and engage with the systems. And, you know, they got to make money. I mean, you know, like you yeah. guys said, no game is free, but they do seem really intent on keeping people feeling good. I mean, they've made a lot of changes to the systems. They, they're really pretty responsive to uh, player feedback. And the guy that they have doing the uh, Twitter account it's really good. He's on top of things like he'll respond to issues and he'll, you know, throw out jokes and give people, you know, virtual high fives and stuff. So they really are, are pretty up on engaging, which is cool. Nice. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, something that so we uh, we talked about uh, we're talking about this in kind of a, a goofy order because we did the tutorial in which you fight a little bit. We're going to talk about the fighting and the combat here in a second. Um, just cause that's so brief. And then you get kind of introduced to more of these systems. One of the things about this game that is, uh, as much as I like all that flavor stuff, they introduce kind of a lot of their systems up front. Um, I don't think that they should, they do kind of spread them out as well, but it's just so systems heavy that like the beginning of this game, you do spend a lot of time kind of being told about these optional things, you yeah. know, that you can do. And that can kind of, that does kind of kill some of the pace. It's hard to know it's bit. important. Yeah, it, that, that, that's exactly what it is. Like if you, if you're not going into this saying like, I'm definitely going to engage with all of this, Yeah. you know, um, specifically that we'll talk about when we get to the, the multiplayer uh, kind of thing where it's like I was just like I, I just I'm not going to do multiplayer guys like stop uh you know stop getting it giving it to me um there is a feeling of that a little bit when you start out uh, but the way so the structure of this game um there's 40 floors to this tower um again the tower of barbs and it's kind of made up of just debris crushed together from these different uh, continents these uh kind of post-apocalyptic garbagey kind of areas and uh each floor is kind of randomly generated so there are uh kind of prefab little areaelets like these Lego blocks. Um, they're combined similar to chalice dungeons. Uh, and that's probably the closest thing we've done to the show to how this actually feels to play, mm -hmm. uh, when you're on the ground, like this feels very chalice dungeon -y to me. Like there are yeah. a couple of like little set pieces. I just, I, I saw like a bunch <laughs> and I was just like, okay, like this guy is going to be here. I know, yep. you know what this is. T t tunnel with backhoe. Yeah. Tu yep. Tunnel with backhoe. The, the, uh, the tunnel that opens up to where, uh, there's two, it like splits to the left and the right. And uh, the right is a concrete or a backhoe that goes up to a concrete block that goes up to a grating. Mm -hmm. And the left is just a, a concrete passage. Like There's going to be a guy up at the top of that right. You know, and then one of those, you know, so they just very uh, there is a little bit of uh, I wish there's a little bit of greater variety in the, the Lego parts to it. Um, and what you're essentially looking for is an escalator uh, that will take you up to the next level. Mm -hmm. um, you know, each floor can have these multiple levels to it. So there's a little bit of branching. There's also this little bit with the uh, how the tower rotates. Uh, which I did not know from playing it. Wait a minute, what? I just knew that. Yeah, so I read <laughs> about this later. Brad, can you speak to this a little bit? Because I only read about it. Like I said, I didn't notice it. Yeah, for sure. Um, the, the tower changes every day or every, like, two days or something like that. So, like, as you go up the floor, 
you have a little map that you can pull up and it'll tell you which floors connect to which floors, which escalators go where, and that's fine. Uh, but after a couple days, you'll notice that like your map is totally different. Like the main uh, shaft, which is the central elevator, which takes you all the way up the uh, the core of the tower, is usually still there. But sometimes the floors on uh, each side, like it's like maybe on let's say on floor one, you'll just have one floor, but on floor two, you'll have maybe like uh, three or four different rooms that you can go to, and they're all like um, horizontally uh, equal. So like mm-hmm. if you go one, you can go with, like a far left room, like a mid left room, far right, and a mid right, and like. Those rooms are all different. So, like, you go there on Tuesday and you know which room is on the left. You go there on Wednesday, it's like a totally different room on the left. So, like, oh. sometimes you got to go back. If you play every single day, you will eventually unlock all of the different variations of the tower, but it shifts back and forth. It's not like it's not totally random. I think there's a couple of presets, but there's a pretty good number of presets. And if you just go in like once a week, there's a very good chance that when you come back, like all the progress you had is undid because the tower is now different. Yeah, that makes sense because if if <laughs> if the first time you walked into one of those rooms or one of those levels, it solidified, that would make going back through with these lower level characters really, really boring. Um, totally. Yeah. You know, just because like, all right, I know exactly what kind of rod I'm going to do. Yeah. You know, an interesting point, though, Gary, I wanted to respond to that real quick. You said that the enemies can tend to be in the same spot when you get to each floor. Like if you recognize which room you're in then you will know, oh, there's going to be a guy by this corner or there's going to be a guy up top of this thing. That is totally true. But at the same time, as you get higher in the tower, I began to see that as kind of a bonus because once you have like more on the line, like it costs more to revive your guys as you go higher. So you don't want to die on the higher floors. And once you know some of the layouts, you can be like, okay, well, I know these guys are going to be here. I can prepare for that. There's going to be another guy over here and I can prepare for that. And then it, you just, you go further and further once you memorize like each layout. So even though the floor might be different, once you recognize where they are, it gives you a pretty good advantage. But I think the real randomness comes in uh, with the haters. Uh, we haven't really talked about that system yet, but those guys are totally random. So even though the, yeah. Like the, yeah. the, the goons of each level are the same, the haters are the guys that catch you by surprise. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there's a, a good mix. I could see it being uh, like if my my goal was just to make it further into the thing, I would be glad that I could recognize what a room was going to have, you know, in, in store for me. Yeah. Um, as somebody who was kind of playing it, you know, to like to see new stuff like i wanted to see kind of new encounters and and stuff but it it, it's, it doesn't really have that it's not really that type of game which is not necessarily a weakness for it it's just what you you know what you're looking for it's very similar to chalice dungeons in that respect like you know when we talked about chalice dungeons and how uh those aren't necessarily like really designed encounters they're kind of just like here's a room with some guys in it it doesn't it's not authored content you know um, totally and yes. you know as, as but- somebody who's looking for that kind of that that feeling in this type of game, I think that's what I'm responding to, which again, that's more just a preference thing than anything. Oh yeah. No worries yeah. at all. I mean, but it, it's definitely authored in very small chunks. Like this room is authored to have these guys. And then you will feel that every time you go through. And then once you know what's coming, you can deal with that in a way, but like, you know, they do change up the room. Sometimes you go up to rooms, not the room you think it is, or sometimes a hater will come in when you think there's no one there. So <laughs> it's, it's kind of like a mix of both. Like it is random, but there's also quite a bit that's kind of prefab as well. Yeah. 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 Um, here's another question just about the topography of this tower. So I tended to want to stay toward the main vertical um, along the elevator shaft because that is your lifeline. You know, like uh, if, if you know where the elevator is, you can always get back to safety and do your level ups and stow things so you don't lose them, etc. Um, and when I would veer away from that, like it would always be, OK, what do I need to do to get closer to it in the next level after these, you know, uh, after these branches? Is there is there anything special about the levels that kind of veer further away from that from that ripcord? Oh, yeah. You'll see some uh, unique rooms, like sometimes when you go to the main shaft. So like so the tower is basically a tower, but uh, the, the floor is in the middle. There's one central elevator and then there are elevators on the sides of the tower. 
Hmm. It's like if you're looking at a cross section of it, like the central elevator would be like a spine. And then that usually stays the same, but everything to the left and the right of that can change. Sometimes elevators are there, sometimes not, sometimes shortcuts, sometimes not. But the thing that really makes you want to go out to those side branches, uh, and they can be pretty circuitous at times, is that you'll get a lot more of the materials you need to make some of the, the weapons. So if you want to go after some good weapons, you're not going to find very much near the central spine. you got to go further out, and that's where you get the good drops. You'll find yeah. like some treasure boxes. You'll find some unique rooms with unique encounters. You'll find some of the, the materials that you need. So that's really the impetus for going further out. Yeah. The so the one the one time that when I went the furthest out was when I found like the mid tower vendor uh, that you can get to like the the, the half brother of uh, of Professor Hitler vendor. yeah yeah <laughs> um, yeah um, so like that that was the most unique thing that I saw and I also like got to like some dead ends and stuff where you have to do some backtracking like it is not a guarantee that you're always going to be able to go upward from where you know from whatever room you're going to uh, get to by these escalators. No. No, absolutely correct. I mean, you could very easily get yourself into some trouble if you go too far afield and you're not ready for it. There's lots of dead ends, lots of gates that can only be opened from one side. So if you kind of pick the wrong side to go from, you'll end up stuck and you'll have to like loop all the way back. And that kind of just adds to like the risk reward of, you know, yeah, I could go out here and get some of these really good materials. But if yeah. it's uh, it's not open or there's no elevator out there or, you know, it could be a really long trek back. I've had some really <laughs> uh, unexpectedly epic sessions when I thought it was going to be a quick run. So that that yeah. can happen. Yeah, this this copper ingot is burning a hole in my pocket. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and those elevators, you just you pay you pay in game currency to uh, to use those, unless you have that express pass, in which case you get to ride the the royal elevator. And it, yeah. it's a it's kind of nominal currency. Yeah, like the, it's not at least you know at least like the early a... game. I know the further you go up, the more you have to pay. But at least early on, you know, I I was not hurting for for money. No, because um, it, it ultimately kind of plays into something. I mean this could probably be covered more in a little bit, but just something that I found, cause you were talking about the lifeline uh, staying near the elevator. Cause I did that as well. And it's good to go back and kind of heal and level up. But uh, I became frustrated that I couldn't uh, purchase healing items Yes, in the game. Like, I don't know if that's uh, if you had the same experience, Cole, or if like there's a good, so what do you, how do you solve that problem, Brad, other than going back to early floors that are full of frogs? Oh, okay. Well, there's a number of different things. I mean, you can collect all the animals. Any animal that you come across, um, there's enemies and animals. So those will heal you. Uh, so if you take those back to your uh, main base, there's like a little uh, fire, and you can cook those animals. They give you like double the health if you cook them. So if you do a little bit of preparation, do a couple runs to get some frogs or some caterpillars or something like that, you come back, and you can carry those with you and save them. You'll also get some for free in your box like pretty much every day. And later on, I don't, I don't know... Um, I guess I should talk about this mechanic. Maybe this is the wrong time to talk about it. But one of the things that comes up is the expeditions. Did either of you guys get far enough to do the expeditions? I opened up the uh, the capabilities to do it, but I never actually did it. Okay. Yeah, so what same, happens, same here. Okay. So what happens is in your hub, there's a freezer. And inside the freezer, it's just empty. It's a bunch of, like, meat hooks. And so every time you start a new character, if you don't get rid of your old character, you can put the old one in the freezer and then while your new character is active, you can take all of your old characters and send them out into the tower and they will fight other people and they will collect stuff and bring it back for you. So it's kind of like this farm that you don't actually have to actively farm. Hmm. Uh, hmm. At a certain point, you'll just rack up like eight or ten extra characters that you're not using. You send those I mean, you, you equip them however you want to equip them uh, with whatever weapons, armor, etc. You send those guys out of the tower and then they will collect all this stuff and bring it back for free. Oh, wow. So in, in the beginning, it's like kind of hard because you don't have a lot of healing items and stuff. Uh, but you can just send those guys out, and by the time you come back, your box is, like, bursting with stuff. I mean, I was bringing <laughs> back, like, a 100 free items at a time, and it's just, like, it's just 
this giant farm of resources that are basically mm. free. Oh, wow. Because, oh. I mean, I know that you can use your kind of spare characters as a resource. I know that they're involved in the PvP component, like the kind of base rating minigame. Oh, yeah. You can set them up yeah. to guard, things like that. I just, you, you know, I mean, I, I don't farm. And I, I just was to the point where I'm like, oh, man, like, I, you know, I could really stand to have a bunch of frogs, but I don't want to redo that first floor to, yeah. to get frogs. Totally. I wish that yeah. you know, that stuff would appear on later floors, like, you know, from time to time. Like, it was exceedingly rare. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, that's I, the beauty of it, though. You don't actually have to farm. Like, once you get those yeah. characters going, they just automatically do it. You send them out, yeah. and they come back. You don't have anything. It's just automatic. It saves your time. Yeah. Um, granted, it, does, it doesn't open up for a while, and you have to do the, the effort of actually creating those characters and use right. them for a little bit. But, yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty painless. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, just using your idle resources. Time to lean. Time to harvest frogs. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about this combat, because this is one of the areas where people do make a big comparison between Let It Die and Souls um, because of, you know, the perspective and the lock on and a little bit of the pace of the combat. Yes. Yeah. And the fact that it is in an abstract way, stamina management based, <laughs> you know, which is like the more I think about it is the the defining Souls combat yes. thing, you know, is a meaningful emphasis on stam stamina management. Um, so yeah, so this is, uh, uh, it's a lot like a Souls game, uh, where you control, um, each kind of weapon arm independently. Um, so third person, there's a lock on, um, your right and left, uh, R2 and L2 buttons, uh, on the PS4, um, will attack with either of those weapons and you kind of have like three hit combos for most weapons. Yeah. Um, but it's not, uh, it's not as deep as a Souls thing where like you have back step attacks and rolling attacks and running attacks and leaping attacks like every weapon does not have that you know to that degree so it is a simpler form of combat yeah than souls uh, the biggest wrinkle is the ability to do these things called uh gortastic attacks just when you have an enemy staggered it's a you know it, it is a super powerful attack that you can uh do and those are per particular to uh, any given weapon yes yeah. totally totally you know one thing that um you guys probably did not know about was that as you use each weapon you gain proficiencies with yes. those and as the proficiencies mm -hmm. go up, you unlock more and more moves for each weapon. So, mm -hmm. like, um, after you've been playing for a while, um, not only do your L2 and R2 have attack, your L1 and R1 have extra attacks. So then you'll have different oh, okay. uh, different moves there. And then also you will have, depending on the weapon, you will have, like, jump attacks. You'll have stagger attacks. Those things don't unlock right away. Like, when you first get a new weapon, it's pretty basic. Like you said, three of combos all you get. Yeah. But as you go up and up and up, you'll have, like, a pretty good variety. Like, when you're getting, like, the later stuff, like some of the katana stuff or, like, the iron or some of those things when they're at their higher levels, they'll have a pretty good range of uh, abilities on those. I'm very happy we have you here, Brad. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's definitely good to know that. I do think, though, I still don't know if that's something that I, I love about that game because hiding something like that behind kind of that progress, when it intersects with kind of the weapon durability, you know, think it's not like a game where uh, you have, you don't start out with any control over what kind of weapon you're going to use and you don't gain, like, full control of that for a long time you know once you can eventually craft something you can make sure you can buy a disposable version of it before you leave before you leave your base so like if you want to do a build like if you're if you're i want to play with the iron i like this move set once it's fully upgraded i want to use the iron a lot to get those later combos um you can't do that for a long time you know like a lot of these things that i think that uh, and this is a you know totally a preference thing but it makes that you know, for the degree to which I played it starting out, like I was still frustrated by the, the kind of limited verb set in combat. 
know, it's good to know that it comes back. It gets better later. Mm-hmm. But early on, I was frustrated by it. Like I was like, I, I can't. There are enemies I'm having a hard time dealing with because I have these very, very basic three animations. You know, with oh, things. for sure. For sure. That is very so frustrating. It, but I kind of like that, though, because it kind of forced me to use like a wide variety of weapons to kind of learn each one. And for me, that was kind of the spice of it was. Um, I usually don't like weapon degradation systems. I think they're garbage like 99% of the time, but this is probably one of the only ones I felt like really worked because, um, you do get quite a bit of weapons. Each one feels like significantly different. I mean, contrast that with something like, um, Zelda breath of the wild, which I'm actually playing right now. I think the degradation in that is garbage. I think it's a terrible system. That's just awful, awful because Mm -hmm. the weapons are not meaningfully different. And so it's just kind of this pain in the ass, but in let it die, everything is so different that it really kind of makes you change your tactics. Like if all you have is the, the fireworks launcher. Uh, you know, that's going to make you play very differently than if you have like the sword or something, you know, the bat or the hammer or something like that. Um, but, after, I, you know, oh, good. Well, I was going to say, like, I agree with that part. Right. So like the the weapon uh, variety, like I think works, but I think it doesn't necessarily work well with the fact that your verb set is unlocked by mastery. You know, so it's it's like two different competing systems, like having to change weapons all the time way into it. But if those weapons were more kind of robustly featured from the front it would make the early game less like frustrating, I think, you know, yeah, so there's that, there's that feeling of, of like things will get better for this because I don't know. I mean, you know, this uh, was clearly not your experience. I don't know if it was Cole's experience, but like I didn't find the combat in this game super satisfying because I didn't have very many things I could do. It was really spacing based. Like I would just back away, let somebody attack me and then kind of come in. There wasn't that um, like a, like a lot of depth to it. Um, the, right, what, the, right. what the depth that was there was from the variety of weapons, which like, I appreciate that. But I wanted more verbs with those weapons. And I don't think I would have lost a lot having that from the front. Yeah. I don't know how those two systems interact. One one other way to look at it, though, was like, um, you know, I think uh, I kind of saw it as a way of getting players acclimated to the weapons. Because uh, I think that, I mean, not for you guys or or for me even, because we're pretty experienced at these games. But for a lot of people, um, for like my wife, for example, I mean, she's great at games. But, you know, when you throw a bunch of systems at her, she kind of gets overwhelmed. And, uh, you know, it's not her favorite thing. So when she gets introduced to a weapon where it's like, oh, it's only got three attacks, she masters those, you get one more attack, and then she can integrate that into her playstyle, gets masterful mm-hmm. with that, gets one more attack, and it kind of mm-hmm. slowly builds her up. So that was kind of a uh, a good, manageable progression for her. So I thought that was pretty good. And also, you know, uh, I don't think we've discussed it yet, but you can some of the, the drops that you find in the tower are blueprints. Um, like you said, it takes a while to find some of those, but once you find a blueprint, um, it's random, so you can't always predict what you're going to get, but hopefully you find the thing that you want, like... Uh, you know, you find the sword that you like or you find the bat that you like or the armor that you like. And then once you make those things, uh, you can buy one of those. And if you let some time go by, you can buy another one. So um, eventually, I mean, I would really like the iron a lot. So, like, I would go into the, the, the tower with, like, 15 iron. So, like, I was always having the weapon that I liked. It was just kind of a matter of building up those resources. So in the beginning, it was like, yeah, jack of all trades. But towards the end of the game, I've, I definitely had a very specific build that I was going for. And I was able to accommodate that. I mean, granted, it took time. Um, but you know, that it just had to get there. Yeah. 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 I, I think, I th- and that kind of plays into, and again, like all these things are preferences. So it doesn't, you know, if you, if that early combat works for you, the other thing, so I, I had that thought too, and I got some blueprints and everything, but something, and this is a specific, you know, it's very similar to not wanting to farm for frogs. Like I don't want to farm for materials either. Like I don't do, you know, I just I don't do that. Like I don't, I don't like it in games, you know? So similar to how you feel about weapon degradation. Like I always feel like it's a bad thing to scour for materials. Yeah, almost always. So like the idea of getting a uh, a blueprint and then being like, OK, well, I have to go hunt for this thing, um, especially with the limited inventory space, since I didn't put any money into that. Um, right, right. You know, so like 
it made the so like it's good to know that these things do get better. I think it makes the first foot this game kind of starts off on kind of annoying uh, in a way. <laughs> like there are things that like are 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 admirable about it, but I was like, I'm annoyed by it. like this is annoying, you know. And yeah. that's I yeah. think that's you know when people don't like free to play, it's that's part of what they're talking about. You know, like I don't think this is evil, but the fact that like some of those things. So like when I didn't put any money to it into it, when you buy it. Uh, extra inventory space are you buying storage space or are you buying inventory space on your character both when you so get, like, when you get yeah, an express you pass oh yeah okay because I, I wanted more space on my character and like i was like i'm really annoyed by this limit i could give them money to get rid of the limit was like one of the few places of friction with the, the well, kind of free-to-play model in the gameplay for me well to be you know? uh to clarify that a little bit once you go a little further you actually unlock different character classes i think altogether there's eight character classes yeah um and mm-hmm. one of them is very specifically a collector who has like four times the inventory without putting any money in mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. average fighter character so you can you can get a much bigger in personal inventory without putting money in and then if you want to put some money in, you can expand uh, the storage of your base at home so you'll eventually um you know theoretically you'll have a bunch of collectors in your freezer you send those guys out there bring some stuff back you store it in your freezer because you got more storage and all that. And that's fine. I do agree with you, though, about um, looking for materials, grinding for materials. That's a pain in the ass. I don't like that either. And thankfully, um, I was just really focused on getting to the 40th floor. So I collected stuff as I went and I used a collector as soon as I could have one. And just in the course of me playing the game, like just climbing the towers, I got enough materials like 90 percent of the time. I, I never really intentionally went out to find a material. It just kind of came mm-hmm. as I played. And that was good. So I didn't uh, didn't ever really get too stuck on anything. Yeah. When you get about to the late game, when you need like the really end game stuff, I mean, yeah, I did a little bit of grinding for that, but by that time, I was already so deep in the game, it wasn't a big deal. Yeah, yeah. I, a lot of my complaints I recognize are early game complaints. Yeah. You know, so it doesn't make the complaints not, you know, and it doesn't mean I wasn't annoyed. Like, they're still, oh, no, totally, they're still valid totally. things. It's good to know that they they get over that. I just wonder if what I'm keying on is that uh, that progression or like whatever yeah. the... Um, you know, the, the escalator that's going to get you to that point where everything is kind of singing and working together, whether I think that's smooth enough. Yeah. You know, for me personally. It um so I would I would also like more uh moveset complexity in the early game, specifically because like I love rotating from weapon to weapon. Like we said, like this catch is catch can, you know, adapting to different situations. That is a cool and good loop. Um it's hard for me to get too too bothered by it though, because it feels like they made a conscious decision. Um, to build in a lot of headroom for that progression. And I could see, like, if this was a game we spent a lot of time with, um, <laughs> you know, with the current weapon variety, uh, us getting kind of upset that each new weapon was just a uh, a slight uh, stat bump compared to the other ones. Or you were investing this money and these resources into um, improving the stuff and all you got was, like, something that was slightly more effective. Um, mm-hmm. you know, from a, from a numbers, from a, from a numbers way. So like building in a way that this can, you know, grow and get more complex, um, you know, in a way that is not just messing with the, uh, the sliders I think is good, but it does hurt the early game experience, which is where we spend all of our time. It's it's just what, what things are going to be, uh, in the game out of the box and what things are going to be tied to progression. Yep. You know, it's actually, it's very interesting because that ties into Neo as well, which we'll, we'll talk about next week where like. And I am sympathetic to this. I don't know how hardcore I am. But one of the, the criticisms of that game is that you have to buy a lot of skills that should be there from the, out of the box. Right. The kick. You know, like the, like the yeah, yeah the, the key, the key pulse uh, on dodge, the parry, things like that. That's like, why can't I do this? Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it's that game. It's a very different philosophy. But something I see in games a lot is this idea that um, you have to like it has to have these kind of RPG elements. So things have to be kind of about progression. Yeah. You know, and they don't we don't really know what to put behind 
those walls, mm. you know? Um, and this feels a little bit like that. Like I, you know, it's not that all of the things that are, will eventually get better shouldn't be tied to my progression through the game, mm-hmm. but maybe some of them shouldn't be right. You know, maybe that's why I'm talking about the smoothness of that, that hill or the smoothness of that escalator. Escalators aren't smooth, but you know what I mean? Like that, yeah, that, that's a, that's a luggage, uh, a luggage conveyor. Like, you know, that's a, you know, but, but you know what I mean? Like, right. it's just like whether giving a little bit more of that taste of the later game complexity and I, to Brad's point of like it doling out that kind of piece by piece, like I get the idea behind that, you know, uh, but it just, uh, I almost would have preferred it to be a little bit more dense up front um and crunchier a little bit up front mm-hmm. and then you know let me get kind of like things a little bit beyond that in the end game not these things that i feel like are pretty basic no i mean games. basic for us though to be fair because i mean i think we all have a pretty good experience with the solo series but like yeah. i know a lot of people who have not really played the solo series who jump into this and they might see it as more approachable you know if they tried to have too much yeah. stuff going on they would just be like what is this i don't get it forget it and since it's going free to play and trying to cast as wide a net as possible i mean i can kind of see i mean i kind of agree with you i mean I, i'm not disagreeing at all but I can see from yeah. the perspective of them trying to get like as many, you know, out of out of all the PSN, uh, like, you know, more than one million downloads have had. How many of those people are familiar with Soul Cell Combat? Probably a pretty small percentage of those. Yeah. I mean, yeah. maybe, maybe not so small these days, but, you know, I, I kind of get what they're going for, although I do. They can't I do operate as if everyone, yeah. you know, it has a basic yeah. uh, familiarity with Soul's Combat. Yeah. You know, it just, yeah. it's just interesting the way that like a choice like that can kind of domino. So like, you know, the, the part of me that uh, is interested in like, you know, uh, analysis of games can think of it in the terms we're talking about. But the part of me that just in my hands, it just made a lot of the combat real samey. Like, again, it's about that real spacey. And like the idea that it gets, you know, progressively more as enemies come in with with greater weapons and as you fight more bosses, it does get more complex. But you spend a lot of time with just like guys who are just really just spacing, like wait for them to attack, take a back step. Yeah. Step well, that's kind of the combo. interesting focus of what's going on with this game, which I think is a little bit different from... Um, other similar types where I think the the real focus of this game is to kind of master those things and give you that predictability so you can make longer and longer runs. Like, yeah. I think you want to go as long as possible without dying. And uh, I mean, I, I get what you're saying about not having like the interesting combat, but at the same time, the predictability is what makes it playable because if each battle that you came across was like, a, you know, a new tactic, unpredictable tactic, fight to the death, you would die so fast and people would scream about having to put in more money all the time. Mm-hmm. But if you can get these guys down, you know how they fight and you master your weapon. I mean, you can play for a really long time without putting any money in at all. I mean, I would yeah. play for like a week without putting in any money at all. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that it's, it's more like a like a marathon rather than like a high intensity sprint sometimes. It's the so long loop of, versus the short loop. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so yeah like it's, it's the You know, when you talk about that tower and kind of thing, and this is very focused on the long loop, like it is about making general progress in the game through either like mastery and uh, opening up of these different systems, having a stable of characters, having your farm squad go out and do things like this kind of, you know, in, in a more traditional roguelike, it would be improving your town. Totally. You know, as you know, as opposed to improving the individual shorter loop, you know, and, and I, I think that like in, it might be something with like roguelike elements where for my particular taste, um, you know, I, I definitely I like skew on this like Isaac side of what I like about roguelike is not the improving your town part. Like in Isaac, I'm not real into unlocking new things I can get. It's about the variety of play in the individual short loop. You know, so there, right, there are two different right. things that that the genre does. Uh, one of which is a real attractant to me. The other one that is less so. You know, so I think that's part part of what we're speaking to. Oh, totally, totally. I think this is definitely a game that requires much more patience than you might think from first appearances. It seems like it's going to be. A hardcore action game and it kind of is but at the same time you've got to have that meta patience going on of like thinking about the long term 
thinking about your goals. And it's, you know, a lot of that stuff is not going to be satisfied in any one session, but it's like over the course of time. And so some of these systems, which I think are probably frustrating or maybe feel tedious at times, actually support like that longer, that longer marathon run. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And for a game that, you know, is straight up structured um, and rewards a style of play where you come in and do a little bit every day, uh, that makes a tremendous amount of sense. Yeah, Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, people don't realize, but about five minutes back, I threw a knife in between Gary and, and, and Brad, um, <laughs> to, just to see if they would, to see if they have, but, but, but no, it just gen- generally oh, agreed. Yeah. This is, this is a, a congenial. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm all adults here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I'm just... We're going to sell that knife and split the profits to make it. To... We're going to split a grilled cheese. Cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> jokes on you. Oh no. <laughs> um, uh, so at least in the, in the early game, and I know that, uh, there is a a lot more variety, like every, every 10 floor group of this tower, um, uh, has a different theme to it. Um, in those first 10 floors, I love like the Mad Max improvised kind of, uh, kind of stuff like that clothes iron is great. Um, just like that, that plays so differently compared to a number of other things. Like it's a, it's like a short range, um, a short range flamethrower almost. The, oh like, yeah, the belt bander thing, like, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's real good. Yeah. Um, um, it's interesting that the weapons become more weapon like as you go too. Yeah, and like I, I got the you know the, I remember the first time like I found like a long sword. And I was like, oh shit, and and it's appreciably different. One of the things this thing does, I can speak well of the curve, is that it's not a super flat curve. No. You know, we talked about, we've talked about a lot on shows in the network about like how boring it can be. Just like oh, every floor the difficulty rises with me perfectly to my upgrades. So I never feel powerful, you know, and that's not the case here. Like you can get an item that is like really significantly better than anything you have. Yeah. And it has that durability to balance it out. So you're not breaking the game. But like for a little while, I have this long sword that will like, you know, wreck <laughs> chop. Yeah. Um, you know, for where I'm at in the game. Yeah. And that was really cool. I really appreciate that about it. Yeah. That's from the third biome. Interestingly, the, the fourth biome from what I looked at and corroborate this for me, Brad, if you want, um, uh, you go back to improvise stuff, but it's all sports equipment. So like you have a, like a, like a bowling ball at the end of a stick that you use a, as a club. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, totally. You get that. You get like a, a baseball pitching machine that you use as like a gun. So you're like lobbing baseballs all over the place. <laughs> oh, it's in that uh, the uh, the Gortastic attack for that is you you lo- you you push the baseball or the pitching machine into the person's mouth and shoot baseballs into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some of these animations are pretty good, and I love just like the like you said the random feeling of some of the weapons. Like it's so funny to use some of these things. Like mm. it's interesting you say that the the iron uh, starts out as a, or it feels like a flamethrower because in the beginning it's just hot steam, yeah, which is kind of funny. But like after you upgrade it, it gets like these spikes, and it actually does shoot fire out of it afterwards. Oh, wow. So like, this <laughs> giant plume of like you know, searing hot flame comes out, and you can like scorch like six or eight guys at a time with it. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> Well, that uh, the 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 iron actually worked really well with the decal that I that, that I used, and de- decals are like these perks you can get. We'll talk about those a little bit it later. Ring slots. Yeah, yeah. Um, combining that with the one that gives you a small uh, a small health boost on every attack. Um, oh yeah, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Be- because because that is just like a whole bunch of scratch damage. Like that was a good way to like give yourself a small little boost was to was to hit as many people with esteem as possible, um, just to mm. refill your health like that. Oh, totally. Another really good tip for like the early game is getting uh, one of the decals that uh, makes you immune to poison and not only immune, but you actually gain health from being poisoned. So anytime somebody stabs you with a poison weapon, you just start getting healthier or you can like lure guys into pits of poison or 
poison clouds and they'll start choking and puke and you can get free hits on them while you're like <laughs> recharging your health bar it's pretty good oh my gosh I didn't realize that uh enemy well it makes sense all the enemies are all just you um yeah that puking animation is really upsetting yeah actually. like the idea of you getting uh, <laughs> getting poisoned and having a button prompt to puke is really great <laughs> like it's, it's like snake eater yeah you know it's yeah it's that kind of attention to detail that i think is <laughs> is very fun um so as you, as you move through and you get all these kind of different weapons and and the like uh eventually you will die because uh, it, it's a hard game and uh you get a, this representative from direct hell insurance that uh, comes <laughs> up and this is where you can uh revive for one uh one death metal what's interesting about reviving is it's just a strict revival um the thing that killed you uh is still around it doesn't just hang out right next to your corpse but it will be around so you have to have kind of a plan for dealing with whatever that thing is so depending mm-hmm. on what that is um i could i could see the tactical decision sometimes of not doing this mm-hmm uh, instead starting that second character and coming back another way with, you know, maybe a better run up to that point, you know, if you got killed by a particularly nasty hater or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's worth noting too, that the enemies do not regain life. So if you choose to kick in that 50 cents and you get revived, that, uh, enemy will still be at the point which you left them. So if you got them down to half health and then they got a lucky hit on you, when you come back, they're still at half. So you probably would have a pretty good chance of finishing them off. Yeah. Um, and this also applies during bosses too. Um, absolutely, so that, is, that, that is a way to, you know, power your way through some of these larger, tougher enemies. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, this I think this game is really fair with free to play. But when it comes to the bosses, I mean, have your have your coin purse next to you when you get to the boss, <laughs> because you will you will die and you will want to continue. So that's for me. That's where I spent most of my uh, the money that I put into it. Yeah. 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 That's my understanding, too. And reading about it online is just that, like, there are bosses that are just kind of commonly accepted by the player base to be you know, kind of like an arcade, like kind of quarter munching boss, mm-hmm. you know, like, a, you know, it, ter- it kind of turns a little bit into, you know, playing like the X-Men arcade game or something, <laughs> you know, where you're, you're going, you're going to put in some money to get past this boss because it's tough. Yeah. And, yeah. and, uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's just, it's one of the places where there are a few downsides to actually reviving as opposed to, you know, botching a run up to that point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, can we take a moment and just, um, gush about how awesome the background is during these uh game over sequences just the the crazy 3d fields of lasers and stuff it's like a it's like a 90s yearbook photo it's great yeah part of that that super super neon aesthetic yeah oh yeah i totally love it i love everything about it it's fantastic (laughs) one thing i mean not to you know i'm not trying to balance a scale or anything but when you're in these areas where you're fighting one thing i i don't really like about the game and I know this this opens up eventually, but it's one of those like crusty will get here eventually things is I think the environments <laughs> in the first biome are really bland. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish that it wasn't like it. I felt like they made a game out of sewer levels and started with a sewer level and you spend the first 10 floors on a sewer level. Oh, totally. Bit. Yeah, those are just sewers on top of sewers on top of sewers for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I just I really that seems like it's such a weird choice because I know I looked at later game stuff and how it it changes that up. And that's great that they do. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's good. But why start with like the most video game ass video game level, you know, that you could possibly do. Yeah. Um, it just like, it's just, it, that re- almost more than anything, like is what made it feel so chalicey to me. <laughs> it's, it's one of the few nods to like verisimilitude or plausibility in the entire game that you would start in the tower ta- that you would start in the, uh, like in the undercarriage of the tower in the subway yeah. tunnels below it. The, totally, the world sewer totally. is like combined into this, Yeah, you know, but I, I just, I really wish that it was a little bit more, like you, every once in a while, you go into a room that has this kind of visual set pieceness to it, you know, and you'll find like it's like oh this like there's a here's a bunch of like other corpses kind of like draped over, uh, you know, uh, real life and uh, construction equipment for kids, you know, <laughs> things like that. Like and I liked that. I just wanted a little bit more of that, you know, and that was something that like 
as somebody who's the kind of expert, like enjoys exploring in games, like that part was kind of missing for me. And again, it's just whether that's important to you, mm-hmm. but I think it's worth noting that like, it was part of my experience. It's worth noting that it's not something you're going to get here. Right. True. You know? True. Yeah. You don't get a lot. I mean, you will come across the occasional set piece that's like further out, but yeah, it's not really about like exploring or what are you going to find? You know what you're going to find. You're going to find more enemies. You're going to find a couple of pickups and then you got to keep going. That's, that's kind of what it is. So either you click into like, that that loop that we discussed earlier mm-hmm. but if you're here for mm-hmm. like you know uh, immediately deep combat or like exploring to find new sites new vistas new things that's that's not going to be there yeah. yeah if uh if you're a souls person and you hear the ch- the chalice comparison and you go hmm um then yeah <laughs> this this probably won't bother <laughs> yeah. you if you hear that comparison and you go hmm um yeah. you know play, yeah, play depending it, on what kind of mm, you make, that's it's terrible like though, the chalices are awful that is that is awful <laughs> this, even this game at, this, at its worst is nowhere near as bad as the chalices yeah. i feel like it's really unfair to let it okay. die uh, okay sorry sorry that's uh, you're, you're beating you into that <laughs> no, you're right no, you're no, no, like i'm not um, no. <laughs> I didn't mean to make this hostile. No, I, I'm, I'm I'm trying I'm trying as hard as I can not to carry any. Like I, I am actually not bringing a lot of our baggage from you know how badly the chalices articulated for us in particular. You, you know, um, oh, dude, that, I hated I am, the chalices. I hated yeah, the chal- when you guys yeah. were doing your chalice shows. I was sitting there fist pumping the entire time you guys were doing those episodes. I was like, yeah, yeah, get yeah. them, get those fucking chalices, yeah. get them, kill them. I, I'm literally, I'm not a fan. I am literally just talking in terms of in terms of the way the biomes work. Honestly, oh, yeah. Yeah. exploration yeah. and stuff like it does have that. Yeah, so it's a that is an element. It is a direct one to one chalice. Yeah. I, I would say that this game is like what I thought chalices were going to be before I actually got to chalices. So that's kind of. Mm. Like, if that makes any sense at all, this is what I was hoping to get, <laughs> uh, what Chalices did not deliver. So Yeah. It's what they're going to stick us with in Bloodborne 2. Just do wait. Uh. Uh, yeah. So so as you're kind of moving through these environments, um, which do get better, but again, like Krusty like, gets there in, in the game, um, you're fighting uh, enemies, and their enemies are pretty samey as well. Um, which we'll talk about, which I don't think is a, that big a problem because of that weapon variety. Right. Right. So like where these enemies get uh you know, where the variety comes through in this is in what weapons they have for the most part. Yes. Um, most enemies are uh, quote unquote screamers, which are other humans that have this kind of randomized gear. Um, there is a neat little intersection between like, oh, I've used that weapon a lot. So I know <laughs> how it's going to operate. Yeah. You know, the first time I realized like, oh, like I picked up an iron before anybody hit me with an iron. I saw somebody with an iron and knew that they would be stuck on this like, you know, kind of long attack animation mm-hmm. and you can use that against them. It was really cool. Yeah. Um, and these are just kind of sprinkled in the level, you know, like, again, there's not really encounter design they're they're just kind of guys. Yeah. Yeah. Like it'll just be like combinations. So it feels a little bit emergent, right? Just kind of, Hey, we rolled up that you're going to fight, you know, a machete guy, two iron guys, and there'll be a, uh, there'll be a fireworks gun guy, you know, supporting them from range. And it's, it's not that like, it's not that often that you fight a bunch of guys in a group. Like a lot of the encounters, at least early on, are one-on-ones, yeah. you know, or two-on-ones. Like eventually you kind of fight more mobs, but, yeah. um, you know, there's not a whole lot of that. The kind of more interesting and more kind of noteworthy thing are haters, which we should talk about. We we talked about them a little bit a little while ago, but we should mm-hmm. articulate what those are. Yes. So when a character dies in the tower, what happens is, um, you know, that that player's avatar um remains on that floor or you know kind of enters the pool to invade another person's world this isn't controlled by a different character it is just that that person's avatar with their equipment and roughly their stats and they become kind of uh mini boss like and mini boss is a little bit wrong think think like a like a black knight almost Mm -hmm. yeah yeah or an invader yeah 
Yeah, there's there's actually a distinction here. There's there are ambient haters, which are just uh, automatically populated in some levels. Like they're not always in the same spot, and they will be you know usually tougher than the screamers that you find because it's like that was some person who was going through the game trying to make it through. So whatever gear they were wearing, that's what they have. And sometimes you'll come across guys who are pretty pretty well kitted out. So those guys can be really dangerous. But there's mm -hmm. also um, a different type of hater where this is kind of referring back to that farming I talked about earlier. When you send your uh, alternate characters out to farm, mm -hmm. you actually send them out into other people's worlds. <laughs> so you pick a you pick a player, and then you send them out, and then they will fight if they come across each other. They don't have to fight, right. but if they come across each other, they will. So you can be going through a level, and everything's fine, and then all of a sudden you get a warning saying, "Oh, uh, you know, was it Cucklord four twenty or something has joined your is is, is hunting mm -hmm. you." And you're like, oh, shit. So that, that means somebody saw your name on a list and they sent somebody after you. Um, they're ostensibly farming, but at the same time, it's still a threat to you in the level. Right, right. So, mm. so, so that farming has an unintended or uh, has a, a side effect that is not immediately visible to you when you, you know, select that item on a menu, which is you are making somebody else's day worse. Basically true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so something that I forgot to know, so you have these screamers, you have these hunters, all of them, basically dudes and ladies, um, in equipment that you can use, uh, what's great is they can and will fight each other. So like, yes. you know, a, a valid tactic, if you have a really tough hunter or a really tough, uh, really tough hater is to like lure them into each other and hope that there is friendly fire that gets them to turn on each other in a doom like fashion. Again, a lot like invaders and like a, a seed of a tree of dinos or something like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, they they will uh, they'll fight the the ambient enemies mm -hmm. in your zone, which helps you out and also weakens them. Yeah, as well. Um, when we talk about haters, you can also you will become one as well. Yes. Um, if you die, like your character will revive as an enemy. Like I fought, you know, versions of myself from like I played for a while, stopped, played again to prepare for this recording, mm -hmm. and then ran into like versions of myself that had died. You know, two <laughs> months ago, it was very weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. when you fight when you kill one of your own haters you reclaim them and send them like correct me if i'm wrong brad like you send no, them right, back right. right yeah you yeah, like you, you get that back. character back yeah. yeah exactly so exactly so can, can yeah. you also send a hunter out to do reclaiming for you no you cannot you can okay. either if you die you can either pay the 50 cents to revive on the spot you can uh go back to base and you can pay a bunch of cash to have uncle death go back and get him for you. <laughs> or you can go and kill them yourself and bring the body back. But then you have to actually fight yourself. So if you went out with your best gear and all you have is like middling gear back at base, it might be a tough fight. You have to yeah. fight yourself. Yeah. So it's a little bit like, um, if anybody's played zombie, U. Um, totally. That, totally. That, that is a similar, similar mm -hmm. kind of loop. Yeah. No, I yep. like this a lot. I really, I really enjoy just a person's a person's corpse getting up and becoming part of the rank and file. Like again, that adds to that variety, and also the fact that they are juiced. Um, you know, it brings brings something something new to this. I think. I really like there, uh, also how it draws from your friends list as well. So if you have friends who are playing this and they die, like you can see exactly where they died, and you're like, <laughs> oh, okay, I uh, didn't make it through that, huh? And then like you know exactly what happened to him. It's pretty good. <laughs> They, um, there is a limit for these guys, like how tough they can be. It's the highest level any of your guys back at your base are. Yeah. But that can, that's a pretty kind of a wide range. So like you will run into things that are pretty tough. And I guess there are, um, there are developer haters as well. Again, like <laughs> yeah, Brad, stop if, if I'm saying anything. So like if the game tries to look for one and can't find one on your friends list or anything, it will spawn in a developer hater, which are like the ultra hard versions, <laughs> uh, because they have yeah. really good equipment. They are harder uh, and better equipment. They give you a lot better rewards, too. They give you a lot more cash, and uh, they uh, give you some pretty good rewards, so it's worth fighting them. And I think that they may have actually changed the rule about the upper limit, because I've fought guys who are actually, like, much higher level than me mm -hmm. on the higher floors. That may change. They've done a number of updates lately, 
And I was actually going to try to jump in and refresh my memory on some of this stuff and see some of the changes that I haven't caught up on. Uh, unfortunately, I got hit with a game update and I could not download it all. Oh, yeah. I spent like a half so, hour last night. downloading. downloading yeah, the game I didn't, didn't realize. But that may have changed. Just FYI. Yeah. OK. Gotcha. Yeah. gotcha. Um, um, and then the other thing you get from these guys is another form of currency, which is a stuff called Splithium. <laughs> SP, no. SP Lithium? Splithium? Yeah, no. Splithium. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that's like energy. It's like soul energy that is used uh, for researching items. Again, I was just, I was drowning in this stuff. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, there there are a couple of other enemies that are kind of basic. There are these tubers um, who are these cybernetic augs. I love the way these the, the way these things look. Like with Tesla coil heads, the ones that are modified into being wasps and stuff like that. Um, these are not, you know, like these have unique movesets, unique capabilities. Generally, they're pretty fragile, but they're going to do a lot of damage to you if you let them. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, you can kill them. You can get some special materials for them. So it's it's important to uh, to pick those up. But I will say one, one little tip uh, for anybody who's thinking about playing this game is when you get to uh, these levels... Leave one of these tubers alone. Like, leave one behind. <laughs> we might get to that reason later, but don't kill them all. Leave one. Mm, mysterious. <laughs> I, I did not leave one, so. Yeah. <laughs> no, we'll find out about that. The um, are These are not the, are these modified versions of these things that become the kind of, like, flying mecha? Uh, yeah. That exists, like yeah. The, so the, the flying mecha with the drill, I hate yeah. uh, a lot. Uh, like, I, I hate that enemy. <laughs> I, I think that he, uh, I think that, like, diving attack, like, um, something about like when you lock onto a character, uh, the camera doesn't move on the vertical axis axis. So when they do the thing that they jump up, it didn't make my camera keep him in my view. Mm. It just, he just disappeared for a second. So I got hit by this more than I care to admit. And it does so much damage, Yeah, uh, this thing. And they don't really have a weakness unless they miss an attack. So they yeah. will, if they, if they do a regular attack, you back up, um, they will instantly back up. That was faster than any of my animations. Mm-hmm. And then they would do, uh, you know, or out, would out, outreach me at the very least. I like would back up to where by the time I could, I could hit them, I was out of the reach. So unless I like, until I figured out, like I, you can't lock onto them, which is a, you know, a decent thing to learn, but these things show up pretty quick. They're like second floor guys and they do a lot of damage. Uh, if you get hit with that drill yeah. and they don't, if they hit you, they don't get stunned. So you don't get your kind of counterattack opportunity. Yeah. Like I hated those things so much. I got super, super frustrated at that. Like that was the first time when I died to that for the first time I died. And then they, the very first time you can respawn, they give it to you for free. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did that and then died to it again. And I was so pissed. <laughs> like, I was just like, what is even killing me? Like, cause, because the lock on doesn't, again, it's just, it's just on the X axis. Yeah. So I just, I didn't know that it was jumping onto me. Something that we've learned over the course of playing and examining this series is that the soul's perspective, lock-on, model of combat, anything, um, lends to flying enemies having a just a huge miss-to-hit rate in terms of whether or not they're successful. Whether they're going to work. So, yeah, whether or not, they're, yeah. Whether or not they're, they're going to work. So, like, when a game has this model and thinks about putting in flying enemies, they should probably really, really think pretty hard about whether or not it's just going to break the game. Um, yeah. Yeah. They're one, yeah. ones where it definitely works. Like, I love the, the manta rays and demon souls because they're an environmental hazard. They're not like an enemy. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that, that really works for me. But it can it can really vary. Very uh, true. Very true. Yeah. yeah. Um, and these are a basic-ass enemy. I'm sure that, like, you know, I would get to the point where I could master them. You know, I'm, it's not saying that. It's just, like, I found them super frustrating at first because of a camera lock-on quirk that I wanted to mention. Yeah, yeah. I, I quickly uh, I quickly learned to rely on my ranged, uh, ranged stuff for this. 
Yeah, I mean, they, I, will, they, will, they will kill you every time. First time you meet them, they will kill you, guaranteed. It's just, yeah. just going to happen. So just yeah. expect that. Yeah. There's also something, too, where, like, my uh, my degree to, uh, or, like, the, uh, you know, whether you're getting going to get ranged options will vary. So I eventually did that, too. I was just like, mm-hmm. oh, these are my fireworks guys. Yeah. Um, but early on, I did not have good luck with, with fireworks shooter drops. Yeah. You know, so did not have ranged options for a while. Yeah. Um. So, Brad, when you talk about leaving one of these tubers alive, are you talking about keeping the jackals at bay? I certainly am, Cole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah let's, let's, let's talk jackals. Yeah, let's talk jackals because you get in, at least I was introduced to these guys uh, in a cutscene, and Uncle Death was like, oh, they're the, they're, they're the baddest ass, uh, you know, uh, scavengers, whatever. They have super futuristic uh, gear. One of them uses a laser yo-yo. Um, to attack again super stylish super cool the way they function is like the ghost and spelunky uh and this is this is from you brad i didn't know this so i apologize for reiterating what you said before you recorded but um if you clear out a floor uh, and you stick around these guys will come out and then just kill you you cannot beat them one person did by lock by getting him cornered in the uh the royal elevator um and it took him 13 hours to take him down Oh, yeah, they they actually patched that out. That was a weird bug. Uh, yeah. I remember when the developers found that out. You can, um, you, they are beatable, but it, it, you got to be very specifically kitted out to hunt them. Um, you need some, like, really, really strong weapons. You got to have a certain type of mushrooms. I mean, it's it's doable, but it's really hard. I mean, their purpose is basically just to kill you on sight, and they will one-shot you. Yeah. Um, it leads uh, to some really uh, tense moments because uh, the game does not tell you that they only show up when a floor is clear. At least I don't think it tells you. Um, so I would go through and clear a bunch of floors, kill everybody, uh, and then I would be searching, you know, looking for nooks and crannies, seeing if I missed any materials. And then this little siren goes off, and it just <laughs> made me just immediately, like, shit my pants. I was just like, oh, God. Because it's scary. They show up, and you don't know where they are, and as soon as they see you, you're basically dead. So um, I learned uh, from one of my good friends, Darren Foreman. He's one of the, the writers of Game Critics. He is uh, even uh, more a pro at this game than I am. Uh, he's just He's really good at it. And he told me, leave at least one guy on the floor. That way the jackals never come. That way you never have to worry about actually shitting yourself. And then you can, uh, you know, and the, the tubers are so easy to avoid. If you leave one, it's basically like you can dodge and juke them at will. Yeah. So it's not a problem. Yeah. So that's your kind of insurance, your jackal insurance, you know. What um, I, I was looking online, I couldn't couldn't find an answer for this. Um, what do you get for beating one? Uh, nothing really. It's just like prestige. You can get, you can actually <laughs> make their suits and you can make their weapons. Uh, but I, the suits are not very good from what Darren tells me. I've never beaten them, uh, because that was just like more than I wanted to put into the game, but he's beaten them like multiple times. He's made all the armor and he says the armor is crap and mm-hmm. the weapons are okay, but it's just more of a prestige thing. Yeah. If you send somebody into another world and they're, you're wearing that armor, you look cool. Yeah. It's the badass, <laughs> so. badass factor. It's not really like a big advantage. It's not really worth time, uh, your time or energy to do. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. Um, and then there are the, the like there are environmental hazards. Um, these beasts that are around, um, you know, like mutated flora or fauna that'll do things like make poison clouds and stuff. And also, you know, cute little frogs that you can grab like, and devour. Yeah, buffs and debuffs. Yeah. Like and, and different animals you have to approach in different ways. Like some of them you have to sneak with sneak up on, some of them you have to get to really quickly, etc. And you can either like consume them, you can stomp on them to turn them into a mushroom, or you can put them in your back. Uh, in your pack, your your death death bag, <laughs> and uh, take them back to to cook later. Yeah, the um, yeah those things are yeah. really randomized, uh, even more so than the enemies and stuff. I think that's really where a lot of the roguelike stuff comes in because, uh, you know, getting the right mushroom or the right beast can really make or break a run. I mean, there's yeah. some that can turn you invisible. There's some that turn you invincible. Uh, there's some that can poison people. I mean, there's a, a really wide variety of effects 
And depending mm. on whether you want, you can like eat the animal for the health or kill it and get the mushroom and get the ability. And then if you go back to base and cook them, then you like double the effects. And so if you are pretty strategic about your gathering and your use of them, I mean, you can build up a pretty good stock of, uh, of stuff to, to make a run much more successful than it would have been otherwise. The noises that the, the frogs make are, are the best. <laughs> and I also love it's, that some of them have little crowns. Yeah, they're little king frogs, and it's definitely a person making the noise. Like, there's there's no, there's no animal involved in that. Yeah, it's, it's really true charming. I think uh, I, was, I, was, I was reading uh, some trivia about this. I think that the what's happening is someone is speaking out loud the Japanese onomatopoeia for frog croaking mm. is what's happening. The, that could could definitely be the case. So it would be like if uh, if one of us was saying "croak, croak," as yeah, a... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that 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 must be what it is because it sounds really hokey, but it's also super charming. Yep. Yeah, it's real cute. <laughs> Let it die. Dot text. Um... Yeah. yeah. Um. So that's that's kind of what you're doing. Um. As we mentioned, uh, there are those those mushrooms, et cetera, et cetera. Um. Harmful items can be thrown as enemies as kind of grenades. Um, the interface for this is, will take you a little while to get used to. Yeah, because you're using that weird touchpad. I don't like you're using that the touchpad, touchpad sliding it left and right to do things. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Um, and then the uh, the consume is pressing on the right, throwing it is pressing on the left. And like, you know, I feel like when you're playing this game as a rite of passage, you will accidentally eat a poison mushroom. Of course, that you want to throw, or vice versa, throw a healing item. Yeah. At, at an enemy, I wasted um, so many sleep mushrooms by doing that. Yeah, <laughs> and those things are so useful. They're sleep grenades. Come on. <laughs> um, the uh, inventory space, which we talked about a little bit before, um, is a huge thing. Uh, which I think if you're just using healing items and weapons and armor and stuff, it's not a big deal. Uh, but once you have to start factoring in like picking up crafting materials, that's when I started feeling the the you know the burn with my my limited inventory space. Yeah. So you start making uh, kind of difficult choices like, will I prioritize blueprints? Will I you know do I need another one of these weapons? Do I need to drop um a version of this uh, of this that'll be that'll be worse it's a lot of like on the fly inventory management yeah yeah it's uh so and then uh blueprints as we mentioned those are randomized that lets you make things in your base rather than find them um you, you do have to get them the crafting materials for them uh at least once um you know to be able to make them and those can be those can vary a lot yeah. uh what you're going to need yeah um you're going to get crafting materials well before since it is random like well before you find the blueprints yes for the thing so it's like uh, you know, I had like, I was like, oh, I, I keep finding hover material, hover metal. And I've got nothing that needs hover metal. And like the whole time I played, I didn't find anything that needed hover metal. I just had this like box full of hover metal. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah, kind of like a super random thing. You, so. Yeah. You'll get stuff like well before you need it. And it's, it's, that's kind of the, the thing of the game is like, you know, you get the stuff and you think it must be valuable, but you may not know what it's needed for right away. And then it's like, well, should I carry this thing, which I don't really know what it's used for. And I don't know when. Or should I pick mm -hmm. up this mushroom, which might keep me alive to get back to base? Like, you're constantly making these, like, really quick decisions. And it's just really... I mean, I think it's tense to begin with because I think that makes for good gameplay, stressful gameplay in a good way. But it's also because I think they want you to, uh, you know, maybe gently pony up for the extra money uh, to actually pay. And then you get more... Automatically, more slots to any character and then more slots back at base. So yeah. they're yeah. like, yeah, this sucks, doesn't it? Yeah, it sure does. Well, uh, <laughs> 10 bucks a month. And, and we can uh, help that uh, problem go away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean... It makes sense. And that, 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 that is a, that is a tried and true tactic. Yeah. 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 I paid. So I paid. Gary, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. why didn't you pay? Um, <laughs> yeah. So then the, we also, we mentioned decals. Um, decals are like ring slots. Yeah. Um, you have tattoos and you, you put them on to, uh, to give yourself certain kind of powers and abilities. How do you get more of those slots available? Cause I saw nine total. 
but um but i only had one open and i didn't see a way to uh to unlock those it it varies by character class there's one ah, character shit. class where it's called like the decal master or something hmm. uh, and they have like a bunch of slots it just depends on which class you pick some have more some have less but i think it is worth uh noting they're they're literally decals like when you pick a decal <laughs> your character just like sticks them on their torso or stick them on yeah. their leg like it's not like an item it's like literally stuck on their freaking body <laughs> yeah. it's hilarious it's, it's advertising yeah it's a it's, it's a sticker for for stp <laughs> oil or whatever yeah <laughs> it's not a tattoo like it just it it's says something really weird about these about these fighters which are again reanimated corp, corpse ports or port corpses um mm-hmm. that uh that are really just objects <laughs> that are being uh we're gonna see you know ferried up this tower and so like mm-hmm. why not put a sticker on it like it's your fucking macbook <laughs> totally <Yep>. totally <laughs> all over your legs all over your chest it's it's it's, it's the best <laughs> um yeah uh we mentioned online play uh there's no direct multiplayer in the game like you're not going to be you know fighting a character that is controlled by somebody else but you do have that asymmetrical stuff with the haters and the hunters you can Mm -hmm. unlock something called the the tokyo death metro and this is a system that i just did not engage with um because i didn't do this either about the home base stuff um can you can you talk me through this brad yeah, totally. Like once you get far enough in the game, it unlocks this option. And so what happens is they will give you a number of slots. You can put your inactive characters in these slots. So it's either like you can send them out to farm or you can stick them as defense for your base. And so like when you come back from a run, if you have a lot of splithium or a lot of money, um, those will be saved in a bank and people online can come and steal that from you. So you might want to put some people on defense to protect that. But um, full disclosure, like it never really works. Like uh, aggressors always have the advantage because a real person can defeat the AI no yeah. problem. Mm-hmm. And when you factor in, like they could be really specked out with some awesome gear, they could have some really powerful mushrooms. It's really not worth um, putting anybody on defense. So it's a good way. Like if you want to be the aggressor for a while, you can go and it, it only happens when someone's offline. So you cannot attack anybody when they're online. You will never fight a person in real life. But when they are logged off, you can go and mess up their house, steal their stuff, and come back if you can play while you're on you can rack up a lot of money and nobody can steal it from you while you're on so what i would do is i would go do a bunch of raids collect all the money and then spend it all before i logged off because (laughs) otherwise somebody would just steal it from me right that's basically what it boils down to yeah um they can't come and take your death medals like like this is this is just for stuff that you get oh yeah yeah they're still real money like things you paid real money yeah that that would that would be horse garbage but i don't want something yeah Yeah. Just like like actual like there there would be some kind of weird piracy going on. Um, <laughs> it reminds me a lot of MGS Five, right? Yeah, like yeah. Isn't that, it's kind of like an MGS Five thing. The forward operating base, yeah, the same yeah. same concept, same concept. Yeah. So they'll yeah. steal your in game in game currency, but yeah, they will not steal the stuff you actually pay yeah. money for. Yeah, so. I want to make sure just to clarify that because somebody could interpret us talking. You know, they're just it's a free to play game. Scabs of different currencies, well, three yes. three different currencies, only one of which you directly pay money to get. Yeah, and that one's yours. Once you get that, it's yours. No one can take it. Nothing can happen to that. So it's yeah. all just in-game stuff that they're fighting over. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yep. Um, so, yeah, um, as we mentioned, you know, uh, you have a bunch of all the stuff, all the flavor in the game, you know, is this kind of rhythm between going to the tower and going to your town. Um, your town is set up as this kind of circular, uh, you know, uh, mall kind of. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this is where your resources are. So there's a healing fountain in the middle that you can use to teleport to the arcade um, and do kind of uh, interact there. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, but the other things you're kind of going to interact with here, um, the mushroom lady you rescued in the tutorial, the mushroom magistrate, 
<laughs> is a woman who is obsessed with uh with like a sexual fervor uh, with uh, sexual religious fervor with mushrooms yeah and uh she sells you and puts decals on you and mm-hmm. allows you to cook the mushrooms um commodore suzuki is our item shop guy who's got like a, a hitler mustache and a little uh mortarboard yep and uh, he's the one who you're going to give your uh your blueprints to mm-hmm. and buy things from yeah um yeah. You have two Directel representatives, Kawaki Sato, um, who you see when you get game overs, um, or Rin Tarai, who is the person who uh, operates the express elevator. Both of these um, will occasionally give you just information about the way those those particular systems work. Um, uh, Kawaki Sato, after you defeat bosses, will actually appear with, uh, with Uncle Death to take like a picture of the character that you beat the boss with. Um, you know, but that is always in the... Uh, in the you know in the area right after the boss fight, mm. yeah, cool oh, then, little selfie. She does that for you. It's nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, and then there's also the super creepy dummy who runs the Tokyo Death Metro. Um, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> like a well, Johnny the weird Cab. thing about that guy, yeah, he looked totally, totally Johnny Cab for sure. And he's all yeah. he's all messed up and weird and kind of stuck in the wall. Like it looks like his name is supposed to be there. But the weird thing. Is that uh, later on in the game at some point, I don't know when it was, but they're like, you know, you might think that he's a ventriloquist dummy, but he's an actual person. So how, how messed up <laughs> well, is that? That's really creepy. Well, here's the thing. The way they render him, like, it, it, it seems like they're trying to communicate, like, a metallic shine. He just looks moist. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's sweat. It's actual sweat from whatever poor person is trapped inside that shell. Oh, Ugh, God. Gross. Gross. Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper's moistener was on set to, <laughs> to just to missed him to keep him extremely moist to, to dab on some baby oil. Yeah. yeah, dab on this dummy. Um, the arcade which you mentioned is where you can go. This is the framing device for the game yeah. uh, where Uncle Death is having you play this game. Let it die. There are a couple of people here. Uh, Majin, uh, who is a very funny character, yeah. is this a uh, pro gamer who uh, kept sending me texts that he had hints for me. Yeah. Uh, and then when I went, he just tried to brag about all the girls he's had sex with virtually. Uh, and it was very funny. Like, there were no tips or tricks involved. Like, I'm like, what, you were bugging me to come back to the arcade, like, and there's nothing here. Like, you're just telling me jokes. <laughs> it was very funny. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Naomi Detox is this uh, phone-addicted teen who shows up there. Again, also mostly ignores you, mm-hmm. uh, but will give you quests, yeah. as we, we mentioned. Yeah, I didn't. So I didn't engage with the quest structure in this at all. I just I just wanted to get up the tower to get as high as I could. Um, are there like rewards for engaging with this? Yeah, they'll give you some very specific. Um, they're broken up by difficulty, like one to, I think, five star or something. So you can pay. It's like, you know, kill five tubers, kill uh, somebody with the iron, uh, do a finisher. It, real easy stuff at first. It gets yeah. harder as you go on. But the rewards are the medals that you need for crafting. So hmm. if you get a blueprint that has a really cool weapon like the sniper rifle or something or, you know, the, uh, the assault rifle, something that you really want really badly. Yeah. And you cannot find that uh, material. You can scan through the quest and just look at the rewards and pick out whichever one you need. And then once you go and do that, they will just give you the reward. Uh, it's pretty easy at first. I mean, yeah. of course, uh, some of those get really challenging, yeah. uh, but, you know, it's a good source of easy metals early in the game. Yeah, um, I dig that. Like, it's not something that I, you know, again, have a lot of desire to do. Like, hey, go kill 10 of these things. Not not for me, really. However, for a person, the hypothetical person who might want a little bit more structure to this, as opposed to just like, hey, climb as high as you can, or, you know, would look for, um, you know, examples of things that they could do. Like, this is a this is a good thing to have, I think. I'm happy. Yeah. 
And it's totally optional. Like, I mean, I bet most people can get through the game without even knowing that she actually gives you quests because they don't really shove it in your face. Right. But yeah, if you mm-hmm. want to just, uh, you know, you want to do one thing real quick, you've got maybe half an hour to play and you jump in, you could knock out one or two quests and feel mm-hmm. like you actually accomplished something. So yep. it's there if you like it. If you don't like it, totally ignore it. And it doesn't hurt you in any way. Yeah, optional kind of systems, Yeah, which is cool. Um, let's talk about the kind of bosses and mini bosses you're going to run into. Yes. Um, here. Uh, so the uh, there are three mini bosses we, we run into called the Three Shocks Terror, um, or these these three dudes. I only ran into the first one, um, you know, a couple times. Uh, Cohen, which is like, okay. Uh, he, this is this, this ogre guy with, uh, he's got these legs kind of coming out of him, this, this, all these like fleshy, weird legs that come up to him. And he's he's real simple. Um, he is, uh, he's blind. So he sees through echolocation. He kind of stomps and creates a sound image where you're going to be. Um, so if you're sneak, you can stay away from him. And, uh, he only has a couple different moves. Um, this, uh, this two, two fist combo, uh, kind of pound on the ground and AOE stomp attack kind of charge. Uh, he knows where you're at and you're far away. No. Um, you know, re- reasonably fun. Not too bad. When you, when you're approaching one of these uncle death will pop up and, and talk about how brave you are for going into this place. He has a bad <laughs> feeling about, um, but the first one, I was like pretty like, okay, this is, you know, this is not super yeah. hard. It's kind of the, I mean, aside from the blindness angle, which is really cool, actually, um, this is like the template for a basic souls kind of fight a little bit. Big guy yes. who will kind of freak out and do a lot of damage if you don't know exactly when to make your approach. And like totally. several of the bosses seem to follow this, this template more or less. Yes. Uh, are kind of similar to this. Yeah. Uh, this boss, like the first main boss of this, uh, the first kind of biome, like, you know, follows a, like a lot has a lot of the same moveset yeah actually from yeah <laughs> uh is there any defense for Jin die uh you know i was actually just going to bring that up i was going <laughs> to say that i like cohen the best because yeah. he is the most um boss like boss where he's got very clear tells and once you know what he does he gets more moves as you go higher in the tower but mm-hmm. he's always pretty easy he's a meat wall so sometimes it takes like forever and a day to chip him down if your gear is not up to spec mm-hmm. but you know what you got when you deal with him with jindai no i think that boss is awful i wish it was eradicated from the game i hate it yeah it is um it's this it's like this kind of corpse-like lady who's sitting on like a skirt made of skulls it's, it's like a chandra <laughs> yeah yeah basically and so she's got like all these like security cameras just attached to her body and she looks all around and they have these laser sights. Um, and so people always tell, I was asking friends like for better strategies and everybody said, we'll just rush up and, and melee, but that doesn't really work. She has a bunch of different projectile attacks and she teleports. Yeah. She's got a plasma cannon and shit. And it's just like, Oh, I, I hate fighting her. Hate fighting her. Yeah. Like this was a death metal sink for me, actually. Like oh, I yeah. used, oh, I, yeah. I probably used like five of them. Um, getting, mm. just you just getting continues because I didn't want to make the run. It felt like I just you know there were times where I would you know a couple of them I would die, revive, and then just get killed again because she would immediately hone in on me. Um, and also like you you fight her in these arenas that have uh, that have pillars around. So okay, obviously you want to use this for cover, but um, there's no it, there's no apparent like aiming period for her. It's just kind of like beep, you're out, and then immediately she's lobbing these bombs at you. Oh, she's terrible. And, you know, I got to say, I think that out of all the bosses in the game, I feel like this one is probably the worst because, I mean, you can spec yourself out a certain way, but I think certain mushrooms will help you get through this fight. If you have the ones that turn you invisible or the ones that make you invincible, you can get mm-hmm. through it pretty easily. But that's kind of a cheat. I think in general, this boss is really shitty. It's just awful design. No. It's You can't there's no real predictability to it. It's really hard to dodge your attacks. And when you finally get up to her do melee, 
she just teleports away or she'll hit you with a cannon. It's it's all I hate this boss. I hate yeah. it. Always hated it. Sucks all the way through. <laughs> yeah, it's a. I'm I'm glad to hear that I wasn't just dumb. <laughs> like yeah, no, th- this is the developer saying, "Hey, we think it's time that you give us a dollar." So this is this is what's going <laughs> on. The um the super bunny hop video on this uh, this game, uh, kind of like one of the central kind of problems he has about it when he talks about. Uh, which is it's a really interesting, like kind of nuanced take because he's I think he ultimately doesn't like it, but he's very like sympathetic to the the early like he talks about the the kind of that early game late game dichotomy in an interesting way, and he's not just like shitting on it. But one of the things he talks about this boss a lot mm-hmm. as like the breaking point for when he started feeling like the free to play stuff breaks down. Mm-hmm. You know, like this is the first boss where it's just kind of it's unfair and it's kind of expected that you're just gonna give it some money. Yeah. yeah, as much as I hate to admit it, I think that is absolutely correct. I hate this boss. I wish they would fix it and make it a little bit more fair. Because even, mm. I mean, without the mushrooms, it's really, you're just going to die. You're just going to straight up die. So I, I do not like it. And I agree with that take. It is going to be 50 cents or a dollar to get through this. Just yeah. know that. Yeah. 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 Uh, the third of these three shots terror is one that I didn't fight. Didn't get far enough to do this. Uh, go to nine, uh, which is which is a funny, a fun name. Um, this is like a large uh, human flesh spider, like a like a spider made out of, uh, you know, limbs and stuff. Um, visual design on all these really great. Like Jin Dai, aside from the terrible mechanics of her fight, you know, this, this you know, Nishandra that is completely laden with these uh, security cameras. Great image. Go to nine looks amazing. Um, the fight for go to nine didn't seem that particularly special. Its gimmick seems to be that it's, uh, it'll um, lay down acid on the arena, uh, kind of like Quillog. Uh, with uh, with her um, lava, right? Yeah, it'll do this giant vomit, and if you get stuck in the vomit, you'll like you're, you'll do like this little like funny cartoon banana peel animation where you're just, like slipping, whoop, whoop, whoop. and you can't. Yeah, totally, totally. It's like one of those things where you know it's like Warner Brothers, uh, <laughs> and he'll get a couple of hits off you on that, but it's pretty easy to dodge. He'll also stick out a tongue, and if his tongue uh, grabs you, it'll uh, remove one of your pieces of equipment. So like it'll like uh, de-equip your weapon or some of your armor. So that's that's a problem if you hit. <laughs> Um, not a huge problem. I like this boss uh, just fine. Not as easy as Cohen. Certainly more fair than Jindai. Uh, yeah. And you fight it in a bunch. It's it's fine. It's not a problem. Yeah. Mm. Um, and there's one boss I didn't even realize was a boss. The um, kind of the super hunter. Uh, what's her name? I have it here. Uh, something like U10, I think. U10. Yeah. yeah. That is the boss. They don't really talk about much, but she shows up uh, in the end game. She's in the final tier. And also the the, the main last boss kind of has her moveset. It's like a, it's like a, like a skinless body which has like a giant like prehensile tail coming out the back of it, and it kind of, it walks around on the tail like a snake, like snake rearing up, like a cobra about to strike, and it kind of whips the tail around. Has a lot of really fast aerial moves. It's not fun. I mm. mean, it's it's doable, but it's really really tough. That is also bordering on the uh, give me a dollar kind of a spectrum. Yeah, the the flight sounds like a deal breaker on that actually. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, by that point, you probably have a bunch of mushrooms, and with the right mushrooms, you just, you know, you kick its ass, no problem. But without those mushrooms, that would be a really horrific fight. I would not want to do that. Yeah. No. Yeah. So there are actually bosses that are just four that kind of guard the every 10 levels. Um, You're going to run into those those mini bosses kind of intermittently, and they're these bosses. Um, You can get the backstory on these through finding these uh, Tales from the Barbs comics Mm -hmm. uh, that you can find in different areas. And you can collect all those and get their kind of backstory. And these are all... uh, kind of genuinely and singularly interesting like kooks like th- these are all pretty great i didn't uh i i got to the first one um after you know some kind of trial but I ended up eventually just watching uh the rest of them um i got to the first one was not powered well enough to beat it even though i didn't, don't think it's that hard mm-hmm. or it didn't seem like it would be that hard but i like 
wanted to, you know, do other stuff. So I stopped. Um, but I watched them all online and their little like intro videos and stuff are all great. Like the oh, yeah. flavor of these guys is fantastic. Yeah. Um, those, um, those intro videos are really, really pretty creepy, actually. Uh, just the kind of the lo-fi paper doll kind of aesthetic with the uh, with the mouths overlaid on the uh, on the drawings of the faces. Yeah. Um, like um, uh, like those old uh, Conan O'Brien. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. So the first of these uh, these bosses is kind of a, a, a hillbilly kind of guy. Um, actually, real quick. Sorry to. You know what a good thing if if you're gonna play this game, I think finding this stuff would be like kind of a real joy. So let's go ahead and put in our like little bit of a spoiler thing from here on out. Like, yeah, we're gonna talk about the bosses and then also talk about what happens in the end because mm-hmm. I I didn't get there but I spoiled it for myself and I think it's interesting and and cool. But just letting everyone who's listening know that like if you're still making your way through the game, um, if if you haven't heard about this, judging based on the number of responses we got, I think a lot of people have not played this. If this all sounds good to you and you want to play it, uh, stop listening. Yes. You know? Uh, patreon.com slash duckfeedtv gamecritics.com uh let's go <laughs> so just uh, just throwing that in there because this is uh, kind of a lot of that flavor of the game and i'd hate to give away the ghost if uh you know yeah no that's totally fair totally fair i agree thank you for saying that yeah and, no. <laughs> yeah but max is a, a hillbilly head with arms um and by which i mean it's not just like hey here arms no the, the arms are growing out of the side of his head where his ears would be uh it's a it's a very bizarre image uh <laughs> do we do, do we have any like backstory on him because i didn't seek out those comics i just i just watched the uh the intro um i read the wiki on on these four guys he was a person who was like into like industrial arts and like and just kind of sounds like a psychopath he did um he put his arms on the side of his head he did that to himself as a self-modification to make it easier to kind of tinker um and then eventually <laughs> kind of formed a gang of people but he has this thing where it's like if people uh people call him crab crab man he goes crazy <laughs> and uh that happened and that's you know he ended up murdering some people because yeah. of that and that's that's it though there's it, not really like a and that's why he uh <laughs> isn't the tower it's just kind of like what happened before you came along yeah yeah, spot on, spot on. I, I thought that was really interesting because I don't really think that putting my own arms on my head would make me a better tinkerer, mm. but apparently there must be some advantage to that. I Because s- you don't need to hear, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I could see it being easy, like, like once you got used to it, if you're just ahead with arms, maybe it'd be easier to, like, climb around on, like, a big a big thing that you're tinkering with, like like mm. as mech or whatever, like getting into tight spaces, maybe. It does make sense. It is just, like, all of these enemies are just heads, but this is a guy who's got arms on the side. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 a weird design. It's a little bit like MODOK. Yeah, yeah. Totally, totally. <laughs> um, or Armin Zola, actually. Like, it's much more like Arnim Zola. Just, just making sure. Hey, hey, Marvel kids who are going crazy about that. <laughs> so... <laughs> Somebody was really I, mad there for a second. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a little bit like Mordok, but I know who Arnim's Zola is. <laughs> a voice rises up from the well, actually. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, yeah. Um, Tell me about it. <laughs> but um, no, so th- this this fight actually has like a little stage in front of it because he immediately, like he's, you know, he runs a death train. Um, and you have to go up this uh, train that is filled with traps and screamers and stuff in order to get to the head where you actually actually fight him. <laughs> get to the head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I um, and the this fight... was one of the coolest, coolest levels. I'm sorry, Gary. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say in the fight itself. I was going to talk about the fight itself. So so you go ahead. Oh, OK. Well, I was going to say I really like this level because the first time I got to it, it was a real surprise. I expected just your typical, you know, big room boss arena. But you're actually like on the back of this train. Then its train is like 
screaming along these tracks underneath the tower and you got to make your way up car by car. I totally did not see that coming. I thought it was really interesting and fun. Uh, the, the cars have traps inside of them. They have like some snipers on top. You kind of make your way through it. You jump uh, onto another train at one point, which I thought was also neat. And once you get to the engine, that's kind of where like the, the area is that you fight them. But I just thought that was really cool. Like a, a really unexpected surprise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is like, like, like that stage is real neat. Um, he puts his head uh, onto a gigantic mech that looks a little bit like the uh, the combat bots from Aliens um, and uh, fights you, uh, mostly like a big daddy. He's got drills and saws and stuff. Yeah, and it, it's most that's like kind of like a Cohen-y. Like he kind of does the you know the same kind of bangs, you know. Yeah. Uh, that, that you have. Um, yeah, so he'll kill you the first time. I mean, all these bosses are pretty much going to kill you the first time, but like once you know what they're doing it's also kind of like a gut check too because if your gear is up to spec most of these bosses are cake mm-hmm. but if you start mm-hmm. fighting one and you're like oh man i'm not really doing much damage that's kind of your cue to go back and like get better gear um i know a lot of mm-hmm. people were kind of freaking out about they thought that was like where the game was trying to get you like to pay more money i really don't think it is i think it's more of a hey fyi this is our non-specific way of telling you that your your gear is not up to up to snuff so go back and play some more um but i guess people didn't get that message uh, but theoretically, mm. if you have ground, you know, ground out uh, the materials, or if you have good enough stuff, it's not really that tough of a fight once you know the move set. Yeah, yeah. Mm. He didn't feel especially like HP spongy. Like you know, I with my let's say ten hours that I put into the game, getting you know getting to this point, um, I felt like I was you know doing enough damage to him to survive and come out the other mm. side. Yeah. When you uh, when you eventually beat him, uh, his head kind of gets. Uh, decapitated and then lands in your sticker book. We didn't really talk about your sticker book. Yeah. Um, it's just kind of this memento memento uh, thing that you can get. Um, there are these little rhythm games you can do throughout mm-hmm. the the tower mm-hmm. to give you stickers. Um, do those do anything, Brad, other than just like kind of collectible? <laughs> yeah, it is. Although actually hearing you say that out loud kind of makes me think about how cool and absurd this game is because we've been talking about like these this this weird post-apocalyptic thing, and now we have a sticker book and we play a rhythm game. So that, that actually yeah. does happen. Yeah. If you find the sticker machine on each floor, so there's 40 floors, 40 sticker machines. If you get all of them, you can use the sickle that Uncle Death has. You can oh, get shit. that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. Kind of worth it if you are, you know, enjoying the game enough to go and track all those down. Yeah. yeah. Does, that have, uh, does it have unlimited durability? It Is does it like not. A... I actually did not make it, so I can't speak <laughs> speak for that. But uh, uh, my friend Darren did make it. He said it's it's cool looking. It is not as cool as you think it would be. But it's mm. another okay. like, just like the jackals, like more of a prestige item again. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Mm. Um, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, his head lands in your sticker book, and that's <laughs> and then you get the sticker of him. Yeah. So there there is a sticker on each floor, and then a sticker for the boss as yeah. well. Uh, and but also... specifically though, specifically his bloody neck stump is what lands in your sticker book. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. And that's what makes the stamp. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, the hole where his, his esophagus was or whatever. And oddly, it looks like his face, which is yeah. weird. <laughs> well, that wait, is very weird. You you don't have that? <laughs> like, your, yours doesn't do that? No. Yeah. Uh, no, there's also a super cool image when you when, when you kill these guys. Again, there's a there's an outro uh, cinematic uh, that actually has like an overlay of a candle flame. And then when they die, the candle is blown out. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, the uh, and the, so that's the only one I had any touch with. And then the rest of them I watched, like I said, online. Yeah. Um, the next one has a little bit less uh, kind of personality to, it, I think, uh, Jackson. Yes, this is the yeah. boss of the uh, of the urban decay biome. Yeah, I thought this was That's... a pretty cool boss in that he is just like he's overtly gay and like nobody makes a big deal out of it. So I mm-hmm. thought that was kind of a cool thing. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, his backstory is that he's like a military guy, kind of a narcissist, 
and falls in love with uh, Johnny, just some other soldier guy. Uh, but he's also in love with bombs, and their romance was not to be. Johnny gets blown up by standing too close to one of his bombs. And so he's, like, pining for his uh, his lost boyfriend the whole time. I thought it was cool. Like, it's just one of those little things where it wasn't a big deal. It was just a fact, and you just mm-hmm. moved on with the game, and it didn't affect anything. Yeah. I really liked how that was just, like, you know, just something neat. It's also mm-hmm. uh, it's it's also uh, kind of tragic because when you you know when you when you find him he he's calling you Johnny like he he, he believes that everybody is Johnny like coming back to him. Yeah, yeah it is kind of sad, and you know I was hoping for a, a happy ending to that, but no, uh, he is going to be re decapitated and uh, put away like the other guy was. There's no there's no happy ending, no smooch at the end of this. No, he becomes just capitated, and then becomes <laughs> <decapitated>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah like all, a lot of these fights are all based on these mini bosses mm-hmm. honestly so a, a jindai appears which we talked about the shitty uh, jindai appears and jackson's head gets kind of grafted onto it all these things are, are heads like modular heads <laughs> um and it looked just from watching youtubes of it very similar to the jindai fights yeah yeah totally you're in a big arena i mean it's kind of a different space you've got like some wrecked buildings you can take cover behind um, and you can run around. Also, at the beginning of that fight, there are three time bombs. And so you have to, like, run around and uh, deactivate those first before the fight starts. So there's, like, a mm. little added pressure. It's pretty cool, although I will say, um, I think probably the place where this game fell down the most for me was I was kind of disappointed in the bosses. I thought the first one was okay, like, pretty cool. Um, he didn't seem too much like Cohen to where I felt like it was just a reskin Cohen. I felt like he was different enough. Mm-hmm. But the rest of them, I feel like, were kind of just clones. Like like you said, this one is a Jindai clone. The next one is a clone of Go to Nine, and the last one is a clone of U Ten. I mean, they're they're tougher and they look different, but essentially they're the same. When I felt like they could have done a little better job on those, yeah. kind of bar. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would I wouldn't argue with that. I think. Yeah, I didn't. Um, you know, I, we, we we go we talk a lot of on the you know bonfires I chat about how like Souls doesn't do like gigantic monster bosses you know particularly well, but at the very least like they're not. Uh, you don't usually run into a boss where it's like it's just a version of something you've already fought. You know, totally. like at least feels pretty yeah. different. Yeah. yeah. Um, all these, you know, the, the goodness in these guys is in the flavor. Yeah. Yep. Um, the next boss, the uh, boss of the kind of medieval dungeon biome, I guess, uh, is Crowley, who is a game master. Like, he's a, yeah, this he's, is great. Yeah, he's, a, he's like he's like a wizard, like a wizard kind of guy. Um, and he deems you unworthy, uh, unworthy to fight because he rolls he rolls a one on a six sided die. Mm. Um, what's his uh, kind of backstory? um i he has a dnd backstory i don't i think he was just a dungeon master i don't remember the specifics do you remember the specifics brad yeah he was actually a kid he's like a young kid and he wanted to be like a pretty hardcore dnd person so he like he artificially aged himself into looking like an old man he kind of does his like really lame kind of gandalf get up but so he's actually like you know 14 or something like that but he Mm. looks like he's 80 or whatever um and he like blew up his whole town with his lightning attacks he somehow you know harnessed some kind of tesla machine or something yeah. uh and he just vanished so he killed a bunch of people and left and he comes back here uh as you know like the, the the ruler of the uh yeah the creepy castle the spooky um biome yeah so he he's basically just like a go-to nine fight so he's got like the giant spider body but it's all kitted out it's got like guns and a lot of um like mortar attacks where he'll launch stuff into the air and it'll come down on you if you're not you know you got to like keep dodging and juking to make sure you don't get crushed by the stuff the fireballs he drops it's not it's actually not a bad fight at all it's yeah, just yeah. like go to nine where you know you can you know once you know what he does it's pretty simple yeah yeah and this starts out with uh with like a fight against a bunch of screamers and a couple of a uh, couple of haters as well oh I, I forgot to mention that that's the best part he rolls like a d was it a d9 d 
D20 or something. And mm-hmm. whatever he rolls, that determines what you fight before you get to him. So, like, there's a number of different <laughs> results. Like, if you roll a one, you fight one hater. You roll a six, you fight three. But there's a bunch of different um, outcomes. And I, as I was talking to friends, I thought it was really neat that they put that little bit in there. So, depending <laughs> on what the roll is, it could be really easy or it could be really hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the final fight is uh, Gun Kanyama, uh, who is kind of like a shogun kind of figure. Shogun, emperor. emperor. Sumo. Big sumo Su- guy. Sumo, yeah, there we go. Yeah. Um, and this, uh, starts out with a kind of a gladiatorial fight on this platform that is kind of made of hands, uh, again, very striking design. Um, and then he turns into a clone of the U10 fight. Oh yeah. yeah. This is a really interesting fight and really intimidating because when you get there, uncle death, uh, they take your clothes. Talks, yeah. 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 He, he shows up and he gives you this long spiel about, are you ready? Senpai? And like, he, I mean, I, I appreciate the game gives you heads up. It would be really shitty to walk into this and not expect it. <laughs> so he, he takes all your gear. Like you show up in just like uh, you know underwear or whatever, and you got to fight. And each guy that you fight successfully, uh, successively, excuse me, drops a piece of your gear or armor. So the more guys you beat, like by the time you beat them all, you've got all your stuff back, which is cool. But at the beginning, it's a little pants wedding. And you're like, Oh my God, like, how am I going <laughs> to fight without my gear? This is crazy. So, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. well fortunately your unarmed attack is pretty good actually like yeah, 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 dudes can, work. yeah. Uh, i will say i will say this fight is really hard um you know I, we've already said the spoiler warning so i'll just say like if anybody playing this game gets this fight like definitely get some of the uh, invisibility mushrooms like save those for this fight because it makes this fight way easier and if you get really good drops like i think gary you mentioned earlier like you can get gear that's better than where you're at like enemies will drop it sometimes like save the best stuff you have for this fight because it's it can be a really really long fight, and if your invisibility invisibility mushrooms wear out before he's dead, it gets nasty really really fast. So yeah. it's it's another pretty unfair fight. Hmm. Yep. Yep. And then then that then that's the ending. You are not something that's when you get access <laughs> to the ending. Um, you fight these guys. Yeah. Um, there's a little bit of kind of you know plot as we mentioned those different biomes you move through. Uh, we talked about that with the the bosses. Um, and the kind of information you're getting, you know, all those four biomes are related to these four different, uh, corporations that we kind of learn a little bit about and kind of don't learn that much about, <laughs> um, you know, it's in reading about it. Like there's not a comprehensive reading on it, uh, like there would be with like a souls, but even in looking at it, it seems a little bit like, uh, a kind of plot that you're probably best like unfocusing your eyes a little bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when you get to the end, like everything kind of like traces its way back to this, uh, Yatsuyama corp. Uh, group which is run by uncle death um <laughs> you do this like psychedelic elevator ride surrounded by uncle death's floating in space again just like graphically amazing um until you get to this like really really great denouement here um like i like the way this ends a whole lot yeah <laughs> uh as a thing because it is you know it's it's taking the piss like it's countering your expectations uh-huh. um you know death starts breaking bad and saying like hey this whole tower was me i'm uncle death hey fucking idiot I'm death. Like, of course I want people to die. <laughs> I've been pretending to be, you know, your buddy. Like you didn't think that, but like actually this whole thing, you know, humanity couldn't even come together after, you know, this great disaster. If they're just running on killing each other now, what worth are they? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'm going to ram the moon into, uh, into the earth. <laughs> yeah. He, he has been ferrying these souls up this tower and to the moon to light it on fire with their, with their splithium. So he can, uh, just drop it into the planet and end it all. Yeah. <laughs> um and then he said you know and he, his voice changes like 10 you know tone and it just he sounds like he's gonna be a shithead and then eventually says uh actually no uh 
you know, I grew to admire your gaming skill so much, Senpai, <laughs> that I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> Screw that. <laughs> well, this is, at, this is after uh, they fake out the gigantic uh, Cthulhu yeah, boss Yeah, the fight. moon just slides through the... Uh, well, no, no, that's before that. The okay. moon just slides into the background. Oh, yeah. Then he says, you don't have to do it. Then a gigantic Cthulhu monster comes over the horizon, <laughs> and it looks like it's going to be the boss. He's like, you know, this, this is where you're prepared for the final boss. I don't want to do that anymore, man. <laughs> and then just, you know, cuts it down. <laughs> so... Because, because you so you don't have to fight it. Yeah, um, really, really great. Like it's it's very very cute. And so death has decided. Hey, my my whole mission that I set up. Ah, now nah, that's no. Nah, yeah, I'm. We're not going to do that anymore. This game that I designed to trick you into serving my needs. Let's just like get the new version of the of the death drive and just kick back and you know chill. You know, let's just play games. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I love how this whole game just ends in a lol. Jk, like it's it's pretty cool. <laughs> Um, and you know, I got to say like, you know, as being the tower junkie that I am, I'm always very curious as to see what developers are going to put at the top. And usually it's disappointing. You know, it's usually just something, something dumb, you know, some NPC comes back that you never really cared about in the first place or, you know, something like that. But, um, in this one, I really, I really felt like they really captured the spirit of the game. I felt like when it got to the top, I mean, that's, it's a lot of work to finish this game. I mean, I don't mean to like toot my own horn, Mm -hmm. but you know, I think it's, it's a really a lot of work, a lot of time, a lot of effort to actually finish this game. And I was I was just at a loss as to what could be up there. I mean, they say it's close to God, but what does that mean in game terms? Who knows, right? Like, is it going to be just some cheesy cutscene or what? And when you finally just get up there and it's just like, it makes you laugh. Like, it's really funny and it's lighthearted and they kind of give you the wink, but it's also kind of cool. I was like, man, I felt like really satisfied after yeah. all that was said and done. Like, I felt like it was really a good payoff and I did not feel trolled at the end, which was really great. So yeah. I, I gave it a big <laughs> thumbs up. I liked it a lot. It's it's weird because it does seem to support one of the bigger theses about it. So you look at the title, let it die. Okay. Um, you know, just let it go. There, it's gone. It's dead. Right. Um, most of the game is about like not getting attached to stuff. Like even your characters are disposable, right? You know, they're gonna die, you're gonna start a new one. Uh none of your gear sticks around, any of that. And so for it to end with like, uh, you know what, just fuck it. Um <laughs> this mission forget it uh this uh this boss fight fuck it like it actually does kind of support it in a weird way oh yeah Yeah. absolutely plays right (laughs) into the philosophy it's so perfect for sure and i mean that's not uh you know that's that's a large part of what like dark souls is about too Mm -hmm. you know yeah is that kind of accepting death kind of thing to it i like it just because it would have been the generic thing for you know uncle death to turn on you and that felt like a video game ending like what is this like far cry 5 or something like that like that felt like a video game ending <laughs> that like oh i've been tricked this whole time and then it's like no that's stupid like you fought the emboss like let's just you know we don't have to escalate this yeah this this thing you know it is a game it is fun you know it, that's the kind of the point of it you know is about this kind of expression of uh, of skill and joy which i i dug yeah. You know, as, as kind of like a, like an ending, I think as far as actually expressing those those themes of like letting go, it didn't you know work quite as it does support it. It doesn't work. You know, it didn't. This game didn't like I can't imagine this touching my heart, you know, in a way that like, you know, it's it's not it's, that like it's, it's definitely a, a lighter touch version of that. Like it's not, yeah. you know, meant to be this hugely philosophical thing. It just you can see that in a through line throughout. Yeah, yeah. It's, not, it's not inconsistent. Right. It, but, it's but, not a warm like, yeah. hug or tears at the end. It's like cracking up a beer and saying, fuck yeah. Like, that's how it ends. <laughs> yeah. Fuck so. it, dude. Let's go play bowling. Let's, let's go play bowling games. Totally. Yeah. Totally. For sure. <laughs> which is like, which, which I think works for it real well in like a game, like, you know, as so now that, you know, that's what we're going to talk about. That's let it die. Um, for a game, like I ultimately, like I said, not for me, like I don't, I don't, I didn't, and I'm not, this is not a personal attack on, on you, Brad or anybody listening, but like, I didn't have that much fun playing it and it didn't really work for me. 
Like there's a lot of things I appreciate about it. Right. So like there's things I think that are cool. Um, it is hard for me to decide whether I think that, you know, it's something I would like, I don't think it's something I want to go back to though. You know, I didn't have that. Sometimes when I run out of time before we cover something on any of our shows, I think like, Oh, like if I had all the time in the world, I would definitely play this. And now I like, I don't know if I would, I think it is that kind of early game slog and my resistance to kind of like dopamine loops, you know, like just making progress, just making things, you know, numbers getting improving the town, that kind of like slow patience loop is not really a thing for me, you know, and it doesn't mean it's bad in the game. It just means that like, I don't think that's something that appeals to my like kind of gaming, my gaming values. Fuck me. Like, it, doesn't, it doesn't appeal to like, the, kind of, the kinds of things I like, you know, the things I'm looking for in a game, you know, that's just, I think that's just kind of not me. So like, Ultimately, just the the lack of the things that I don't like about Chal. It's not as bad as Chalice Dungeons because no. nothing is bad as Chalice Dungeons. <laughs> but like the things I did, I dislike about Chalice Dungeons. I still dislike here, and I needed those in Chalice Dungeons. I need the I need them here. Like I would need that to be part of the game for me. No, that makes perfect and, sense. I, I get know, that for sure. And like the thing with with Chalice Dungeons, at the very least, like you're at least you have Bloodborne's base combat stuff, and this eventually gets to that kind of depth or gets to you know a approaches that kind of depth. But it doesn't start out with it. So I'm not even controlling a little Bloodborne guy around like these, you know, sewers. So it's just like at the end of the day, like what I would actually be doing was not that compelling to me to make it worth finishing. But this I mean, I was really glad that we were able to get you on to talk about the kind of stuff that comes later, because it does, you know, from the beginning of this episode to now, I do have a greater appreciation for like the way, you know, the systems of this game. It doesn't it never felt haphazard. I trust that there was kind of method behind it. I have greater appreciation for it the same way I might appreciate like a well-constructed song and a genre I don't want to listen to. Yeah. You know, like this could be like the best reggae song. It doesn't matter. I'm still never going to listen to it. <laughs> you know, it could be yeah. like that kind of thing. Yeah. My yeah. feelings are pretty similar. I think the patience-based stuff um, and like the slower, longer loops thing probably appeals to me a little bit more than it does to you. Uh, it's just a matter of, you know... <sighs> You know, there there are different ver- there are different versions of my life where this would probably fit in. I have to call the shots on this in terms of really engaging with something in this in this long of a you know on that long of a time frame. So you know, it didn't get its hooks into me to to a point where it's like, yes, I'm going to invest all the time into into beating it here. But there's some great ideas in this, and the the, the aesthetic you know really really worked for me. Um, and we heaped a lot of praise on it throughout the episode, but no final summation of this would be complete without circling back around and saying like they they nailed that part of it 100 percent. And that matters. a oh, lot for to sure. me. Yeah. Like we have to give it the credit. It's just the same way that the final summation would also be like, I don't want anyone coming away from this and be like, yeah, X, Y and Z are actually very good. And and, you know, but for me, it wasn't enough, you know, yeah. but maybe like decide for yourself if you're listening to this because it is mm-hmm. risk free. Yeah. Like it's literally like jump on there and give it a shot and see if it grabs you because it is it's free and you get a lot for you. Even if you conceptualize it as a demo, mm-hmm. you're getting a very robust demo yeah. for nothing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, as for me, I think that I it clicked with me um, because I think I was at a place in my life where I wanted something that was um, I mean, it's in, in total. It's a huge game, but it's very digestible in small chunks. And I like that I could kind of just chip away at it. But I got the intensity um, of kind of a souls thing like it, it's not exactly souls but there's enough of the same carryover like that same type of combat like frame-based combat and dodging and you know it got really intense at times when i really really didn't want to die and so i would be in these tough spots and that kind of like adrenaline pumping got me going but at the same time 
it was shallow enough to where I could engage with it on a, a good level, a comfortable level, but it wasn't like I had to go lore diving or I had to like do all this really intense stuff. I didn't have to like prep so much. Like I kind of just drop in, do a couple levels and drop back out, but still get that same satisfaction of a really like well put together kind of like Japanese um, action combat game. Um, so I like the style and I like that I could just chip away at it over time. I mean, uh, I think also uh, I've been playing a lot of kind of derailing this for a second. I've been playing a lot of Marvel Puzzle Quest. I, I imagine you guys probably don't play that. Do you? No, no, I do not. Mm, no. Okay, so that's another free-to-play game. It's the only other free-to-play game that I play. And that is another game where it's got this super long, like, you, you cannot expect to get anywhere in that game in, like, a week's time. Like, it, it's, like, measured in years, right? So, like, mm-hmm. that game has taught me a lot of patience, and I've seen how that has blossomed over time. And so the rewards over, like, one or two or three years have been really worth it. And I think it sounds weird, but I've actually become, like, more of a patient person after playing that game. And I think that mm-hmm. kind of applied to Let It Die, where I was able to see, like, the long-term goal and be satisfied with these small incremental steps whereas with other games that is not true like this one just happened to click and i'm not like that with all games like if i play souls i want to you know i definitely want to like move faster or if i play something that's more you know like a vanquish that just got re-released on pc or something i want to blast through that and have a lot of action and and go through really quickly but this one it had had enough of a balance where i was happy enough with the small steps but at the same time it was intense enough to where i wasn't bored like i wasn't just grinding like I, i felt like i was playing a legit action game but also, like, the end goal was so far away, like, I just, you know, one step at a time, you know, journey of a thousand miles or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I can I can see that. And I think this, there's probably some of the DNA in me, something that come up, you know, comes up on the network a lot, is that, like, I don't do perpetual games, you know, totally, in general. Totally. So it's like, you know, the same, the, the part of me that doesn't want to slowly build up that patience is the same part of me that doesn't want to get really good at Counter-Strike. Or really get like spend a bunch of time getting good at Rocket League or Overwatch or something like that's just never going to appeal to me because it's a non-ending commitment. This has an ending like you can get to an ending of it. I mean, it does. We don't really talk about it. You can play after the ending. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah you can go back into it. Um, it, does, it doesn't have you, an ending you can look for, you know. Totally. That was actually I mean, I'm glad you brought that up because that is really the difference for me. I, I knew there was a, an ending, a discrete ending, and I could work towards that. So even though it took a long time. It was not infinite because I'm just like you. I don't like those games that go on forever. I got to have an end point. And even though this one was really far away, like knowing that there was a finish line, that really kept me going. Like I like to have that that credits rolling, that that finite finish. Mm -hmm. And once Mm -hmm. I got there, that was super satisfying. But if it wasn't for that ending, if it was just the exact same game without an ending, I don't know that I would have played it. It, it's an it's an interesting thing because it's also the people who I talk to who are the biggest Chalice Dungeon defenders. That's what they're getting into too. Is like they do, they don't want that ending. They do want a perpetual game, and they will oh, they God. will do Bloodborne stuff because they want, or they'll do Chalice stuff because they want a perpetual Bloodborne, you know. And I just don't want a perpetual anything, you know. Same, all, yeah, only good things, you know. Uh, the only things, all things that end are not all things that end are good. To be good, you must end. <laughs> you know, it, it's like uh, it's you know, and uh, so yeah, it's it's an interesting thing, and I can understand this being an exception. I'm not trying to like do the internet thing of like, you know, one bit of hypocrisy and validate you. Like I understand the, <laughs> the feeling like, Oh, like this is, you know, semi perpetual, but this worked for me. This other thing didn't, yep. you know, totally. or this technically totally. has an ending and that's good enough for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though, and I can totally see that. I think that the, just the early game core mechanics just was not, were not strong enough for me. Yeah. Um, so, so sorry. I've been kind of silent. Brad said that vanquish was coming out on PC. Um, yeah. and I got distracted by reading when that would happen and how much money I had to give them to make that it's happen. It's really cheap. Yeah. It's like, it's like uh, if bucks. you get a, if that in Bayonetta and you get a discount if you get both right now. That yeah. is a fantastic game. I love that game Fuck so yeah. much. <laughs> right on. Right Sorry. On. I didn't mean to check out, but I just, I, you, you said that I was like, wait a minute. What? Um, yeah, I, I do not know Vanquish. So I have no idea. Oh man. You got to play Vanquish, no Gary. 
I like play Vanquish. I, I don't know Vanquish. I honestly, that's their best game. Honestly, I think mm. bar none. Hmm. Yeah. I uh, yeah. I I'm looking forward to. It. I like platinum <laughs> stuff, so um, I will take a look at that. Yeah. Um, I think that that's probably it. I think, so. die. I, I think that uh, you know, this is this is a long episode of the show, even by <laughs> on fireside chat standards. So like, yeah, good. Thanks. I'm glad. You know, hopefully, uh, you know, there's an element of just defensiveness of like, you know, us wanting to like not have anybody be like, oh, you guys didn't get it because we didn't beat it. So it was really happy, uh, you know, that you're able to come on with us, Brad. Yeah, and thank you and, for being uh, so generous with your time. And hopefully, oh my avoid. god, no, my pleasure, my pleasure. Yeah. I was thrilled to be on. And to be honest, it took me a little uh, a little while to realize you guys were actually talking to me because I'm so used to hearing you on a podcast. It was weird <laughs> that you guys were actually addressing me. It's kind of like yes. a, <laughs> yeah. a dream come true for me. Kind of, oh, <laughs> it's kind of weird. <laughs> Thank you, but please don't say that. No, that's, that's very sweet. Um, where no, can uh, people find you online, Brad? Uh, you can find me on Twitter. It's at Brad Galloway, and it's all A's, no O's, no O's in my name. People always want to put an O in my name, and they're literally, not kidding, no O's in my name. Uh, <laughs> also, I road. am. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> road Gola, whoa. <laughs> it's weird. People always want to put an O, and it's just, man, it's just, it, it's not happening, never happening. It's not going to be that. <laughs> all A's, all A's. Uh, yeah. Other than that, uh, I am uh, the editor of GameCritics.com, and uh, we put new stuff up every week. I don't write reviews as often as i do because i have a lot of editing duties because i kind of manage things on a day-to-day basis but Mm -hmm. i still do reviews and i'm on twitter all the time and i'm really happy to interact with people i'm also one half of the so video games podcast which i do with my good good friend Corey motley Uh, we do that weekly and if you are looking for uh some more podcasts to listen to once you listen to every single thing on the duck feed network (laughs) please come over and give our show a try you can find us at sovideogames.com and we're also posting at game critics as well Awesome. Um, if you like uh, Bonfire Side Chat, um, we talked about this recently. This is the first episode we're doing since we announced the uh, the end gate, you know, end date for the show. How this is ending, but you can find that information online. We talked about it on social media and stuff. Um, you know that that's that's coming. Uh, but we're looking forward to that revisit and everything. Yeah. Um, the next thing before that revisit, though, next week uh, we're going to be recording about uh, Neo. So if you're hearing this, there's still time to write in about it but not maybe maybe not as much time as you might think because mm-hmm. we're recording it early because i'm going on vacation yep. um so uh tell us what you think about neo tell us what you think about uh hollow knight yes and hit us up at duckfeed.tv slash contact yeah we really appreciate yeah. everybody who takes time who takes the time to do that mm-hmm. um and you know the usual stuff this has been a very long episode patreon.com slash duckfeedtv for uh supporting us and uh, uh helping helping us get through the response uh, to the uh, the changes that we're making has been really, really great. Um, and uh, we're looking forward to the new things that uh, are going to be possible uh, with a combination of changes to the Patreon and changes to uh, changes to the show lineup. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And then like, you know, all those things, ratings, reviews, all that stuff. We do appreciate it. Uh, until next time, what should they do, Cole? Um, they should watch out for... Hmm? Um, what should, no, they, oh, should what, fuck. Mm, oh, no. <laughs> they, they should fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There, yeah you should fuck like, if you can. If you want yeah. to, it's fine. Fuck, <laughs> man, it's very cool, senpai. And we all pray that we will have far more soon.